As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, party people, and welcome to Countdown to Classic. This is a podcast that educates, informs, and gossips about everything World of Warcraft classic. Each week we discuss the news, hot-button issues, and content of the classic servers. I'm your host, Josh Corbett, and this is a show where it's not my opinion on World of Warcraft that counts. Well, a little bit this week, but yours for the most part. If you're new to the show, Countdown to Classic goes through your expert input on everything relating to the game. Today, we're getting ethical, moral, legal, and topical with some in-depth conversations about dungeon layering, bands, Devil Saw Mafias popping up, warrior nerfs, aura caps, and an actual in-game ninja looting trial. I have to throw out a quick, a couple of quick apologies, everyone. As you'll hear, I sound like I'm recording from the moon. Patricia and I have just moved houses again, and I'm yet to soundproof my new study, so there's wooden floorboards and empty walls everywhere that the sound is bouncing off for that shitty echo effect that you're hearing right now, but hopefully that will be sorted out in the next couple of episodes. But on top of that, our rig is still yet to be set up, so I'm recording the calls today from my laptop which has an awful issue where about every seven or eight minutes, you'll get about seven to eight seconds of robot voice. I really, truly apologize for that. You know that audio quality is important to me, but this move is kind of messing with everything. But if you grin and bear it with just a little bit of patience, the content of the calls is fantastic and is what you would come to expect of Countdown to Classic. I can assure you of that. Guys, I don't talk much about my in-game adventures this week, mainly because I've barely been able to play the last two weeks with a very very busy real life lately we had the holiday and now the house move but don't worry i've got every intention of spending my last week off of work absolutely going nuts with classic
fantastic. As for today, it is a jam-packed episode, but before we get there, a couple of quick shout-outs. I got this email from listener Jesse, who says, Hey Josh, long-time listener, and just wanted to thank you for the hours of entertainment and hype building for Classic. You're welcome, Jesse. I generally listen at work, and it makes a few hours a week at least fly by. If you could please drop a shout-out for the Alliance Guild faction over at Sulfurus on the North American servers. I just wanted to say hey to everyone and also let anyone on Sulfurus know that we're taking in any class or spec, so come say hi as we've got an intention to raid and do some PvP. So say hi to Jesse if you're on Sulfurus and looking for a guild. Commodore64, also known as Hailt, says Josh, could you give a shout out to Lionface on White Main? And I'm absolutely happy to do that for you, mate, and happy to say hi to the Countdown crew over on the Alliance side there. Hope you're all having a great time to everyone. Now, with all that done, you know the drill by now, everyone. This is a community-based podcast, so if you like what you're hearing, join the Discord now and keep the conversations going with us all over there. Follow me on Twitter at Count2Classic with the number two. Email me at feedback at countdowntoclassic.com. Everything you'll need is in the show notes for each episode along with the show's Patreon link. If you'd really like to help keep the show going or if subscriptions aren't your thing, then you can also help keep the lights on at Countdown by checking out the show's tip jar over at Ko-Fi. There's also the show's merch store with some great designs over there for t-shirts, hoodies, and coffee mugs and things like that. So check that link link too. They're all in the show notes. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get into it with Calling Countdown. All right, it's time for another countdown to classic call, and I've got two listeners on the line. Uh, one of them pulling back-to-back duty, Lion Soul. How are you, mates? I'm good. Thanks for having me again. Great to have you, mate. Now, this one will be played first. You've got another call coming later in the show, even though we recorded that one first in time, but people will get to know you here, and then they'll hear you in that call later on. And we've also got Squito. Mate, how are you? Um, great. Thank you so much for having me. My absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks for being up for this one. And and I really do mean that, guys. Thank you for being up for this one because this is going to be a little bit of a touchy one. This is, you know, you guys will be putting your hearts on your sleeves for this one, telling people where you sort of fall on this topic in terms of layering the bands, what is and is not against the rules and how you feel about what we've all been discovering over the last couple of weeks and more importantly, what's been discovered in the last week or so with the instance layering. So there's about four or five different topics within this one topic that I kind of want to break down, guys. So let's start on the big topic, which was the news that came out, I think now about five or six days ago, of this ability to switch layers within an instance, which created the opportunity to somewhat endlessly farm bosses and obviously obtain whatever loot you were wanting to get from a particular boss. Did you guys, um, I'll start with you, Lion Soul. Tell me what you thought when you saw this, because my jaw hit the fucking ground. Yeah, me too. I mean, usually I'm pretty up to date with everything that's going on in the game. And I didn't know about this until the official Blizzard statement. And I was like, wow, I can't believe, I mean, I can believe it. So things like that happen all the time. And uh, I totally think it's Blizzard's fault for this. I know like people have their opinions on, 
whether or not the players should be banned, but we could talk about that later. But yeah, I think this is totally Blizzard's mistake, and they're just trying to cover up for it. Yep, and, and that can of worms, I, I I'll give you a you know a bit of a spoiler for later in the call. I am I'm with you on that one. I think it's a very very hairy topic that we'll, we'll touch on at the end of this call, but. Just talking about, obviously, the mechanics now. Squito, I'll ask you, um, and I'll set it up with this, mate. This is obviously something that really um, gained the public attention when Skarm uh, released. Uh, he was streaming, and the clip went, um, obviously, quite uh, wide in terms of him being in Nomragon and showing off the example of being able to farm for the crowd Pamela over and over again and simply um, accepting invites, dropping groups, reestablishing the group, and voila, there com- voila, I should say, there comes the, uh, the boss again. Um, now, did you see that clip? What were your reactions when you first heard about it? Well, uh, I was pretty <laughs> kind of shocked, honestly. Uh, I did see that clip and... Um, you know, it's funny because I'm playing a druid and I know I need to get the crowd pummeler and I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be really easy to do it. But I don't want to ruin the experience of playing the game. And and I have abused layering a number of times and I, you know, it, it doesn't feel like classic vanilla. So I'm really let down by all of this. Hmm. It. It's definitely, and and look, there are other people who have been in touch with me who aren't necessarily ready to come on the show to talk about this, but who have been sending me PMs saying, look, they are starting to get a little bit bummed out about what has happened over this opening month in terms of how drastically different the experience is in terms of just these little, you know, bumps in the road that we're hitting. And it seems to be not only blizzard providing the opportunity with like hey here's layering but also it does take two to tango and the players have taken the ball and run with it now we said for a long time on this show many guests have come on and said if you give players the shortest part you know the the the, whatever you say the least path of resistance or sorry the path of least resistance they will take it Blizzard gave it to us. We've taken it. Here we are in this situation. Now, again, we'll get to the, you know, what should happen and the ethics a bit later on, but these are the facts of what's been going on. We've seen other very high profile um, oddities popping up as well in terms of, now I know this wasn't a layering situation, um, but, you know, SVAND obviously famously went through a molten core the other day and um, they hadn't fully cleared it. They went back in and all the bosses had respawned. And um, they basically uh, weren't too sure what to do. A, a you know community manager ended up getting in touch with them. Josh Allen uh, gave them the thumbs up, the all clear, go and do it all again and, and we'll sort it out later. And um, as far as, as I know, all the items they got are still there. I mean, shout me down if I'm wrong, but that's my understanding of what's happened. Um, and so we've had a situation where a guild has now had a double run of MC within the same week, which is another thing that another little weird oddity that people are up in arms about, about all these little things just keep seeing to be happening that are kind of irritating people. So Lions, I'll throw it back to you. Is that one that you saw? And did you have any other feelings on the kind of bugs or anything that people have been running into? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that, but, um, I want to say there's something that Blizzard did a while ago. I don't know if some people remember, but 
it was either in Missa Pandaria or Warlords of Draenor. There was a duping incident. Have you ever heard about that one? No. Well, people were duping mounts. It was these uh, tiger mounts that you made from jewel crafting. And uh, there was a lot of uh, these type of mounts on the server. And it just didn't make sense with the economy. And people were telling Blizzard about it, saying people are duping, which you know means they're duplicating items. And Blizzard said, nope, uh, there's no way you can dupe items in the game. It's not possible. And uh, after everything came out, it turns out they were duping. And Blizzard was just trying to cover it up just to not alarm people about the economy being ruined. Hmm. So I think this is kind of like a similar situation. They're, they are messing up the economy with layering. And they're going ahead and saying, oh, we're going to ban the people that are doing this, yeah. even though it's their own fault for implementing it in the first place. I don't, I don't blame those people at all for, for using the layering. You know, Some people may have their opinions about it, but if it's in the game and, and you can do it and you're able to do it mm. and it's something like that, then you're just you're letting them do it. You well, know? That's a great segue because that sort of bleeds into the mat gathering conversation that I wanted to have as well. And Squito, I'll, I'll throw it over to you to, to, for this one, mate, because Lion Soul raises a great point that, you know, as I say, I, I co-sign, but I know there's a lot of people, a lot that disagree with us on this one. And I'm taking a call later in the day, I, I, I believe, with a um, listener who does have the alternative view on this one. Now, Lion Souls just said that, you know, they have left a tool in the game that allows this to happen. Um, my extra thing that I would put on top of that, which is, and, and again, this bleeds a little bit into the bands, but we'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. Um, we have a situation where something isn't specifically against the rules, but we talk about how it goes against the spirit of vanilla. Like I've talked about on the show before, somewhat tongue-in-cheek, we, we, we do talk about this. Is that in the spirit of vanilla? Does it fall in line with the vanilla constitution, as it were, the, the, the acts um, and behavior of the players? And we have two situations now where players are number one, um, you know, hopping layers all the time to gather an absurd amount of mats they would not have otherwise been able to do. And situation number two, switching layers in dungeons to farm a boss over and over again for the, you know, particular item that they want from it. Um, what do you feel about those two particular actions? And the players that abuse, or if you use the term abuse, or we should say use them and whether or not you think it's abuse, what do you think about those players? Are they doing something wrong or are you okay with it? Well, uh, you know, Blizzard didn't really set the groundwork for us to have the spirit of uh, vanilla WoW. You know, they... They, they gave us layering, they gave us, you know, uh, 1.12, you know, it's, uh, it's just the way things are. So to some degree, I can't really blame people. Uh, I myself have, have used layering a lot um, for, you know, instance, like uh, I was playing with my buddy and 
you know, we'd clear out an area and there was no mobs left for us to finish the quest. So we'd, we'd jump layers and then there they were and we'd finish quicker. And because of us doing that, we were able to stay ahead of the pack and keep moving forward. And, you know, when when a new realm opens up, that's really important. And, and I worked 12 hour days and I took a week off. So I was all about trying to get as far as I could. I got up to level 44. My buddy kept going. He's now level 60, and he was abusing layering the whole way. So it shows that it is effective. And, and as gamers, if, if you have something like that that is effective that's in the game, you're going to use it. If you don't, you're going to be left behind. Mm. Completely agree. <clears throat> okay. Lion, I, I'd be interested to get your take on this one because I, I really sat, found myself sitting down and thinking really long and hard about this one just a, a couple of hours ago going, all right, we talk about the penalties that are now being doled out, but it really splits the argument in two, as I mentioned earlier. We've got layering for mats and layering for dungeons. Do you feel that they are the same action or different? Does one sort of irritate you more than the other or are you totally fine with both or do you know what i mean do you throw a blanket over it all or do you separate them yeah it's the same to me there's mm. no difference okay all right the only i wish i knew about the dungeon one i didn't know about it okay. i would have done it because like i said if you don't do it you get left behind and so. that's a point that i now want to explore because look people will be i i, I know some listeners and this is a very very divisive topic some listeners will be losing their fucking minds right now going listen to this piece of shit saying that he would abuse layering in dungeons oh my god he's not a classic player rah 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 right put the the, the pitchforks and torches down for a second everyone we actually want to i do want to attack this somewhat you know in, in a cold um you know way and really analyze it without too much passion or fire or brimstone or what have you but I sort of want to think about it this way in terms of if you were to put this situation before the average classic player, as it was in game, this was accessible to everyone, right? What percentage of players do you realistically think behind closed doors would do it? Like 85%, I guess. <laughs> Squeeto? Uh, I, I think it's much lower. I'd say probably fifteen percent. I, I don't. I don't. I think a lot of people don't even know about. It. Yeah, and, and and this is the thing, though. I think because this is what I've been really, really, you know, lying awake at night and thinking about is is how hard we apply ethics. And and look, I'm a very skeptical guy um, in terms of the job that I do. I am exposed to you know kind of the worst of the worst every day, and you know doing what I do in court, being a criminal attorney, like I'm very distrusting and skeptical of people and the human nature. But, you know, again, it's been mentioned on the show where, like I said, I feel like if you present this option to people, even those with what we would consider high moral fiber, I think that if there's a thought that there's a chance they could get away with it, they would absolutely go nuts. And Lion Soul, I think you're sort of thinking along the same lines. Yeah, let me let me paint a picture. Let's say you're doing Scarlet Monastery Armory, and you guys go to Herod, and there's a warrior or two in the group, and something drops, one of the warrior gets it, and they know about the layering dungeon. Of course, even if you're with a bunch of random people, somebody's going to say, hey, why don't we do this and get Herod again? Maybe you can get the other piece of gear. Yeah. That would definitely happen yeah. all the time. And I can't see many people 
speaking up and saying that's not in the spirit of the game. I am I am leaving this group. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, here's another. And I don't think it's yep. in the spirit of the game, but layering should, just shouldn't be. I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, no, yeah. no. You're right. I, I I agree with you in that. It's definitely not, it's obviously not how it was back in the day. It obviously goes against exactly what MMORPGs are trying to do in terms of um, you know drip feeding amazing gear to you to give you that sense of progression and that sense of value. If you can do a dungeon or a boss over and over and over again, that completely devalues it. And I, and I appreciate that that's against the spirit of the game. All I'm saying is that I think a lot of people, a lot more people, if they were being really honest with themselves, would do this. But yet you see a lot of people piping up on forums going, fucking ban them all. They're all pieces of shit. You're all ruining this game. I just think a lot of those people, some of the loudest, might be the ones who would be tempted to do it as well if no one was watching. Well, can I, can I say, you know, I think that this is kind of becoming the spirit of classic instead of the spirit yeah. of vanilla, yeah. you know. This is all about opportunity and and moving forward. And and if you don't do these things while others are doing it, you're like I said, you're falling behind. Yeah, yeah. Now, in terms of um, you know the, the the penalties that have been going out now, guys, we we've seen that bans have started, and and we're seeing different reports of you know somewhere between one month to one year apparently with no hard evidence of anything either way apparently blizzard is getting on the case now this is where again i I don't want to make it seem like i'm well actually before we get to the penalties i just want to use one last example because lion soul you you had a great example there in scarlet monastery i wanted to pose this question to people because a lot of us sort of play RPGs or JRPGs, you know, um, as well as MMORPGs. I know there's a little bit of a crossover there. Um, I love my JRPGs. Another situation in terms of like, you know, playing a game a way in which it wasn't intend- intended, but the game lets you do so. Um, you know, I- I'm trying to think of specific examples, but like, you know, I feel like people grind in JRPGs to level up really well or to get a particular item off a mob and see no and tell me guys if this is the worst analogy of all time or write into me guys if you think i'm way off on this one but you know if a particular mob in a jrpg drops a really lucrative item and you grind it to get 99 of them um you know just by leaving the room and coming back in um if you uh find a particular bug or something that um lets you fight a particular mob you get an immunity to one of their best abilities or some shit like that and effectively lets you get to level 99 in just a few hours you know we've we've all sort of seen and heard of these things in various final fantasies or whatnot over the year that's the kind of thing that people did all the time and have no issue with it oh of course you know what it gives me a a shortcut to the maximum level or, or these amazing items i'll do that and people have no issue with it. Yet when we do it in an MMORPG, the table is completely turned and then people have a drama because all of a sudden we're obviously competing against other people versus being in a solo experience. Is that, I'll throw it out to, the, to you guys. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And do you think that's the only different factor is now that we have real people that we're competing against, that is the game changer and why people get so upset? Oh yeah, you're competing. Absolutely. You're competing against not just the other faction, but in some ways your faction. That's what an MMO is all about. You compete over resources, um, gear, 
to make you more powerful. So if people are abusing the game to get ahead, yeah, people are going to be upset. Mm. I just don't think it's the, the, the players that they should be raising their pitchforks at. It's the right. company. Right. So is it the case that it could be, it's not so much maybe the abuse of the game that people have an issue with, but the advantage or disadvantage that it creates? Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. All right. Well, guys, let's get on to the the bands, as I was just mentioning before. You know, they're, they're getting on it now. Um, I'd love to know if you guys agree or disagree with the bands going out because I wanted to real quick, and sorry for everyone if this is going to get – it's either going to get really boring or really interesting for you right now over the next five or six minutes because I'm going to go into lawyer mode and we're going to break out the end user license agreement and go over what the rules are in terms of, you know, layering abuse, I guess, because that's what we're talking about here. Like if I were to start a character and I start abusing layers and I gather all the mats or I do this stuff in dungeons, technically is either of those actions against the rules. Now, here's my hot take on this one, guys. Um, I'm going to come straight out and say no. And, and, Everyone who just turned off the show, please hear me. <laughs> don't go yet. Don't go yet. Hear me out on this one. I've actually got a bit of um, method to my madness. Um, and guys, I want you to listen in on this one, and, and I'd love to hear your comments because I'll cite you the the the, the end user license agreement is something that obviously came into effect um, relatively recently. It's obviously regularly updated, but. Back in the vanilla days, we had something quite different. We had like, you know, the World of Warcraft Terms of Service, which now is basically replaced by the Universal Blizzard End User License Agreement. Um, you know, back in the old World of Warcraft Terms of Service, you also had things that like specifically stated, specifically cross-faction collusion was a bannable offense, saying like, you cannot talk to members of the opposite faction. That's not in the End User License Agreement right now, to my knowledge. So that, that's an interesting one that I actually want to touch on the show another time, because a lot of people say cross-faction collusion is a bannable offense. Please, again, people, if I'm factually incorrect on this one, tell me, because I don't want to be that fuckwit that just, you know, doesn't let people on to tell me I'm wrong. I'm more than happy to talk to you. But my understanding right now is that cross-factual collusion is not specifically against the rules. Now, if you want to cite a more vague rule to me and say why it does go against and is bannable, I'd be happy to debate that on the show. But anyway, we're not talking about cross-factual collusion. We're talking about this one. And I want to start with this. Um, I'll read this one to you guys. Cheating. Okay? Cheats. Methods not expressly authorized by Blizzard. Influencing and or facilitating the gameplay, including exploits of any in-game bugs and thereby granting you and any other user an advantage over other players not using such methods. Now, the wording there is so... And again, guys, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an annoying lawyer. I'm sorry, I'm going there. But we're going to break down the wording used here because I think that reference to... Okay, let's start with this one. A method not expressly authorized by Blizzard. Blizzard's been silent on this. So I, I think that we throw that one out. I throw that, we throw that straight away out the window. Blizzard hasn't said whether layer, uh, layering abuse is authorized or not authorized. If they're silent on it, throw it out. Okay. Um, now we get to if it is an exploit of an in-game bug. Guys, I don't think I'm crazy for saying that layering is not a bug. Am I right? You're right. Yeah, not a bug. Yeah. You're right, except for I do believe the uh, instance layering is a bug. You think instance layering is a bug? Correct, because it's supposed to yeah. be, you know, one and done. You kill someone, it doesn't respawn. Yep. Okay. I think it's a bug too. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Okay. 
that that creates an interest uh, a very interesting split in the road here um because i i was thinking more of the mats but that's a very good point to raise um if we term instance layering as a bug bang straight away bannable okay there i've already been corrected happy to be corrected on that one but focusing on the layer hopping for mats i don't term that one as a bug and we get into a situation where it says if it's granting you an advantage over other players not using such methods well that ties in it has to be termed a bug to have that come into effect if you read the wording of it we go further down guys and we talk about there's a very specific paragraph that talks about duplicated items and it says basically if you create utilize or transact any in-game item created or copied by exploiting a design flaw undocumented problem or program bug in the platform then you can be banned here's the thing is layering a design <laughs> and this is going to be funny to say is layering a design flaw kind of oh yes sorry, <laughs> no sorry yeah i i thought i've been against layering from the beginning i i think they made the mistake in the number of servers they put out and you know they're way too big I mean, even with layering right now, I'm seeing a lot of people in Strength or Thorn mm. Bale, and it's just, it's too much. That's mm. not the classic experience. Mm. But, and, and here's the funny thing. Here's why I said it's going to be funny going over this one, because technically, if we're just going by what it is, I don't think layering is a design flaw, an undocumented problem, or a program bug. But funnily enough, to have people banned for using layer hopping to uh, amass items, you would have to basically get Blizzard to say that it's a design flaw, which is obviously, I think, quite comical. Um, so, do you- well, they they denied that it was a problem, you know, pre- uh, recently, right? Yeah. Um, and well, they said, it- "Oh, yeah, these people don't have all these materials." It's a system designed by them that is working as intended. But but it, I don't know if it really is. I don't I, I don't feel like it it is working like they say it is. I I, I feel like it's kind of gotten out of hand and oh, they're kind of playing damage control. I agree. I agree that it's gotten out of hand and that they are trying to now you know pour a cup of water over what is a huge fire. Um, but I think that the way in which it's been brought out to us, like they're saying, look at this, our amazing system oh shit, the players are abusing it. I don't think that they, I don't think the Blizzard themselves would say, we are now telling you that layering is a design flaw. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Okay. So I also don't think it's an undocumented problem. And I just can't see what I'm saying is Blizzard would have to basically ban someone and say like, we are saying that you've explo- exploited a design flaw, AKA layering. It's like, oh, you, you're calling your own thing a piece of shit. Okay. All right, fine. But anyway, we'll move on from there because the next one is, and this one I think is totally non-applicable. If it, they've got this, you know, the vague one of like disruption, harassment, engaging in any conduct that's intended to disrupt or diminish the game experience for other players or blah, blah, blah. And, you know, if you want to use the argument, they're like, they're ruining a economies and blah 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 you could fall under that clause i i don't think that's a very good argument so i'm not really putting too much weight on that one but what i'm getting at guys is if we do now as we said focus on on the mat gathering where do you guys fall on that one like do you think people should be banned for abusing layers to their advantage to gather all these mats no it's not their fault so i mean how how does blizzard even know they didn't like do it on accident, you know? How how would they know? Like maybe you're gathering mats, your friend invites you to a group. Oh, there's a bunch of 
of uh, ore here that I can mine now. They don't mm. know that. It it so. does. Sorry, sorry, Squido, were you going to say something? It's just an issue with the system they put in there. Look, I mean, they should admit that there's that there's issues with it, and then you know just shut the whole thing down. But they're not going to do that. Mm. It yeah. c- creates the odd situation when you are <laughs> sort of relying on these relatively vague terms in the end use a license agreement to um you know basically lean on when you are handing out these bans or suspensions um you know you get the other situations which are down the other end of the spectrum and blizzard has somewhat talked about this where they go like look if we feel like it's not blatantly being exploited then you're good to go creating a little bit of a gray area where it's like all right i'm in angora crater i have you know for some reason, I've I've cleared out the area of Devil Saw. I'm laughing. I've got my four or five Devil Saw leather or whatever it is, and I'm I'm feeling good. And then someone goes, "Hey man, do you want to come to this dungeon? We've just put a group together." I go, "Sure." I accept the invite. All of a sudden, those four or five Devil Saw pop up right in front of me, and I know that the group is like still on their way to the dungeon. And I'm like, "Well, fuck." I mean. I'll just kill these while I'm waiting and get four or five more devil sore and then I'll go do the dungeon. Like, is that a situation? I know it's it's hard to say, but it's like, is that a situation where it's like, oh, well, there you go. You abuse the system. And yeah, he didn't wind yep. up with 300 devil sore in his bank, but fuck, it's still against the rules per se, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It depends like how you define the rules. Mm-hmm. But that that is interesting that you said that, Josh, because I don't know, um, over here on Crom Crush, so Squido said something earlier. He said that there's so many people that he's not getting the vanilla experience. And I feel like there's both sides of the spectrum there because he says that. But then on the other hand, I, I felt like in the beginning, especially that I was not getting the vanilla experience because there weren't any people um, like me and uh, my friend celebrity that was in the other call earlier. We uh, played original vanilla. We played private servers. We've done a, a ton of vanilla. And we went to go quest in Angoro Crater together. And before we went, we were like, oh, yeah, we're going to PvP. We're going to kill Devil Swords. It's going to be so much fun. And we did every single quest in Angoro Crater without seeing a single player. Hmm. No no Horde, no Alliance. And oh. just recently, I want to say like a week ago, they started reducing the layers on our server, on Chrome Crush. And it's gotten a lot better with seeing people. So hmm. it's much better now. But... But even without trying trying to abuse layering, we were getting every devil sore easily by ourselves with no competition, mm. just staying on our own layer. Mm. Can you invite me to your layer? <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we'll wind up with this one because uh, – and thanks for sort of dealing with me going through the, the license agreement. I know it's sort of relatively dry material yeah. there, but I think it's important to hear as well because people have to understand that if Blizzard is to start handing out – bans and suspensions to paying customers they fucking need a basis to do it and if that's what they're relying on i just think in terms of material gathering it's a little bit of a weak argument um but 100 percent, thank you to you guys for correcting me on the dungeon one i think you are very much so right there which again creates a weird split in applications of the law but anyway um we'll end on this one you know, I talked about, you know, the spirit of vanilla and, and the people the people wanting to enforce this um, you know, classic ethos on the wider player base of this is how you play the game. 
if you are a true classic player, if you want to be one of us, you don't exploit shit like this. Um, and the reason I brought up like, you know, the, the S fan example from before was, I think that's a really good conundrum to kind of ponder in terms of if that happened to you, if a dungeon reset in front of you, you fucking know it wasn't supposed to reset, but that is some very tantalizing loot sitting in front of you in molten core, you know, they got. I understand it's a different situation because they got the all clear to do it. So if they've got the green light, they're effectively going through without a drama in the world. But people are now saying, even with that green light, you know that you're not supposed to get a second bite at the cherry. So they should have walked out. And I'm wondering how many people would actually do that? Like, And again, all these people that are very loud on the forums going, strip their gear from them. They should have walked out. They know they're not supposed to get that double up. What do you guys feel about that? I guess I should say, would you have done it? Would you have not done it? How do you feel about them keeping the items? And what about this stuff being kept? Is it you know, what do you do when you're presented with a moral or ethical conundrum in Classic? Uh, I'm too scared to, to lose the game. So when it comes to something like Dungeons, I think that's more serious. And I personally will not do that. And I never have. So, yeah, I, I'll pass. Hmm. Lion Soul, how about you? Yeah, like I, I, if I needed stuff from the dungeon and that happened accidentally, I, I'd probably do it. Yeah, fair enough. And, yeah. and look, I, I don't think you're necessarily, it, it, again, it is a very divisive topic that has split a lot of people. Um, you know, personally, I, I would have shat my pants and been too worried about being banned to have gone through and done it again. But again, I can tell you that, like, if I didn't think it was going to be a drama, yeah, fuck it, guys. We've been gifted something. Let's go through it a second time. And there's just a lot of, a lot of virtuous sort of... Um, you know, loud players saying that, you know, I would never, ever do that. And as I say, I just think that some, not all, some of those people probably still would. Yeah, now, bullshit. The, the, the one thing about uh, what happened with S-Fan, I was, I was watching Asmongold stream the other day, and S-Fan was talking about it, and he said it wasn't layering, that it was a no. bug that happened back in vanilla. That's right. So it it wasn't layering. It wasn't layering at all. So it was a very, very different situation, but it still it, it gave rise to that same kind of moral and ethical dilemma, if you will. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, look, guys, uh, please, if you've got anything else to add, speak now or forever hold your silence. Any final points on the layering situation in general? Lion Soul, let me tee you up. I am with you in terms of like, I really don't think that anybody should be banned for this. I just don't. And I think what has to happen now is that uh, Blizzard has to make a stance. You put something on paper and you say, all right, guess what? It's fucking 2019. We've got a new game. It's clearly not going to be covered by the EULA. So we'll create this new set of rules for Classic. If you do this, 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 in terms of layering, we will ban you. Then we know, then it's not a question. As opposed to now applying the the end user license, license agreement to, like I said, to the mat gathering, which I just think doesn't cut the mustard. And I think this is Blizzard's situation where they've given it to us. 
we've done what players do. Well, not me personally. I, I haven't done any of it yet because I haven't been fucking playing the game. I hope to play later today. But players have taken the ball and run with it, and that's Blizzard's. They made the bed. Now they can sleep in it. That's my personal take. Lion Soul, I'll leave it with you, mate. Yeah, I completely agree. I pray for those people that uh, are kind of in the spotlight on uh, abusing that because they don't deserve it. I think you're you're right. You're they're kind of doing damage control. Squido, how about you, mate? Well, at the end of the day, I'm still enjoying classic, and I see this as the classic experience, not exactly reliving the vanilla experience. But I do hope that they drop layering. Yeah, it's a good point. Fair enough. Um, one I'm la- still having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and look, I, I think everyone wants them to drop layering, to be honest with you. But, I mean, when and if they do, we shall see. One last point, guys, I didn't get you to, to um, throw in a, a comment about, which do you guys see this as a different situation to the experience potion um, exploit that was going around in retail uh, sort of relatively recently? Yeah, I heard about that. What What's the exact details on that? I, I actually I don't know the specific ones, but there was an item that was gave some. Duping. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they can make it. Basically, you if you got uh, multiple potions and you split them apart, you can then stack, make them stack, so you were able to get um, you know increased percentage of bonus experience by using. Oh, mm. uh, okay. So yeah, that's you know. That's another situation, I think, where, I mean, look, because they've acted like that in the past, I understand the bans that they're handing out now. And a lot of people would would be saying, Josh, they've banned people for this in the past, so that's why they can ban them again for it now. But again, it's, I'd sort of reach back to the, the, the license agreement and just say, uh, well, that one, I'm not sure if that was a bug. If that was a bug and they exploited it, then yes, the ban is is worthy. If it wasn't a bug and it was a clever use of a system implemented by Blizzard, that's where I have the issue. But anyway, look, that's that's for another time. Guys, if, if, if you've been intrigued by this conversation and you want to come in and tell me that I am completely wrong and do so in a relatively, you know, mature fashion, then please do let me know. And I'm more than happy to have an alternative view come on. I'm hoping to get another guest on the show to be a contrarian to what you've just heard. But if we can't line up that call, guys, please don't think that I'm not willing to do it. You know me, you know the show. It's all about both sides of the coin. Just because you've heard one side of the coin today doesn't mean you won't hear the other another day. Um, please don't get upset if this has been a relatively lopsided call. I just I work with the callers that I can get on the, the certain you know time and day. But you two have been absolutely phenomenal, guys. Thanks so much for... Um, ranting with me about this one lion soul mate thanks so much once again no problem happy to be here and squito mate thanks for doing this i appreciate it thanks josh uh i love your podcast man thanks so much mate i should say squito before you go anything anyone to shout out anything to plug mate go for it you've got an audience yeah i want to shout out to my buddy ire i've been rolling with who's uh who got me connected with all these uh, exploits. And uh, if you guys need a tank, just hit me up on Grobulus. My name is Squido, and I'm a bear tank for the... Too easy. All right, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. Later. Peace. (laughs) 
All right, it's time for another countdown to Classic Call. And we're touching on, again, some you know big news this week, really, from some things that people have noticed and some very quick measures being taken by Blizzard about um, some bugs that were picked up on in-game. And I'm so happy to be joined by Gaev. How are you, mate? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Really good to have you, and I'm so happy to have you because I really wanted to discuss this um, this week. I, I didn't want to wait because I feel like it is really quite topical in terms of, you know, it always seems to be the Warriors. The, the Warriors are always, um, the big brains on the Warriors are uh, obviously breaking down their class to no end, but there was something that was obviously picked up on due to, you know, the players' heavy use of the, you know, dungeon cleaving groups, um, the way in which those were being used. And, you know, there was the spell cleaving groups, which had like, you know, four mages and a priest. And then there was the the melee cleave groups, if you will, as well, that had like, you know, maybe like a warrior, shaman, priest, whatever. Um, but there was uh, a little thing that was noticed with demoralizing shout being a bit funny. And my understanding, mate, please do shut me down if I'm wrong on any of this, but it to you know basically cut to the chase demo shout was bugged it was attracting way more threat i believe than it should have now i'm an idiot because i read again haven't played warrior i read the demo shout tooltip and i'm like that doesn't say anything about threat but obviously there are abilities in the game that create high amounts of threat that doesn't necessarily get talked about in the tooltip but apparently it was attracting too much threat AoE style, warriors were just absolutely owning as tanks in dungeons. That's now been jumped on by Blizzard. But, mate, tell me, first off, have I got it right? You can explain a little bit further. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, basically, Demo Shout does, like most, you know, every time you apply a buff or a debuff, it generates threat. Uh, whether it's Battle Shout, Demo Shout, what, even Thunderclap, uh, even in Classic. Uh, the problem with Demo Shout, or I guess the bug with Demo Shout, was that it uh, was generate it was multiplying the threat that it was generating based on the enemies it was hitting or applying to, or something along those lines. I, I'm not a Blizzard dev, you know, blah blah blah. Mm. Uh, but that was that's the basic uh, gist of it. Like when it uh, would apply to more than five or more than eight targets, it was multiplying the threat it was generating in the first place, the small amount, to be this astronomical amount, such that it was you know better than sundering you know three or four times or something. Mm. So this was leading to some pretty crazy shenanigans, wasn't it, in terms of just what warriors would spam this and just absolutely control massive pools. Is that right? Absolutely. Uh, I did dead mines on like day two after launch and I didn't know about this. So I was, you know, tanking the old fashioned way, level 19. Uh, and it was horrible. The mages in my group, my, 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 some of my best friends from back in the day, uh, just pulling threat off me constantly, laughing at me the entire time, being like, why do we even bring a warrior? You can't tank. Like, you're just here for damage and you're not even, you know, topping out. So then by the time we reached Nomuragan and, you know, the next the next day, pretty much, and uh, I've been trolling the discords on my breaks and whatnot, and you find out that Demo Shout suddenly does all this threat. So I'm like, eh, might as well try it. So then I spend the entire time in the dungeon just spamming Demo Shout, pretty much no matter how many mobs. But if you know anything about Nomer, it's way too many mob packs of way too many mobs for the level. And I had no threat issues. You just keep spamming the shout, you know, maybe run around, run around the corner, something, you know, something, try to make it a little fancier, make them think you're doing more work. <laughs> uh, 
but at the end of the day, all you're doing, all you're doing, I rebounded actually. I moved it from one of my shift binds where I used to put, you know, put my battle shout, my demo shout, yep. challenging shout, intimidating shout. Uh, I moved it to like my four keybind in, in defensive stance, so I could just mash four on my keyboard without having to like you know hit more than one button. Right, fair enough. And I mean, the effect obviously, which you've kind of alluded to, was what it was just a cakewalk. Yeah, totally. It like you uh, normally to you know to really get a good set of threat, you have to you know you, you well with the two hand tanking meta, it's a whole other kind of discussion. You charge in, you basically just do the most damage as the way to hold threat. Uh, but you didn't need to do that for this, and you didn't need to like switch stances and hit different abilities. You barely need to really play the character. Mm. You just kind of mash demo shout, right. and everything gloms onto you, and then mages blizzard, warlocks rain of fire, or multi dot, whatever. Okay. Now, mate, just before we sort of dive a bit deeper into this, it seems to come up all the time whenever we discover a bug, and when I say we, I mean you guys, the warriors. Um, it seems to be that you see it discussed on forums and there's always going to be some people that are like, no, no, the, I'm pretty sure this is how it was back in the day. But with this one, the vast majority of people were like, no, 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 no. So can we unequivocally say this was a bug and not how it was back in the day? Obviously with Blizzard addressing it, it would very much so seem to be the case. Definitely. Um, the closest I think we ever got to that in the original vanilla was uh was sometimes they would, people would uh, some guilds would use warrior tanks during twin emperors um instead of having a warlock tank the ranged boss uh i don't remember which one it is the names i mix up constantly uh you would have a warrior with a bunch of people standing within range just spamming battle shout and that was enough threat for you know a i don't not sure how much raid dps they were putting out but you could spam battle shout and that was a viable way to do that set of bosses and hold enough threat. Okay. Well, talking about battle shout, a uh, battle shout as well. You know the changes that have been brought in. Um, Blizzard has basically said, "Yes, okay, thank you for letting us know. We will now go ahead and nerf demoralizing shout." And I believe it's been the case that in tow has come a buff to battle shout. Is that right? So that's how that's I interpreted it the same exact way. Uh, I figured they were nerfing demo shout into the ground or fixing bugs. Sorry, uh, and uh, in thus and thus they fixed another battle shout bug they mentioned. Uh, it seems like battle shout's pretty decent. Um, if you're you know gonna line up sight pull and then get your group to stack and hit battle shout, you know hit it twice for that twenty rage. Uh, it's I don't know if it's as good as two sunders across all the targets, but it seems to help a little bit. And it'll stop at least uh, the first heal or the maybe the second heal that your healer's uh, dropping on you as you're tanking, you know, four or six, however many mobs. Okay, so with that um, change coming, do you think that that is, I guess it's hard to say, when I say the appropriate response, I mean, we're just trying to get it back to the way in which it was. So is it the case that people were also noticing that there was something wrong with Battle Shout? I'm not sure if anyone noticed if but if Battleshout was bugged or not. Uh, I don't know how well we had the original threat values, um, even from the years of private servers uh, and the replica clients. I'm not sure how 100% true we ever got those values. Uh, so I'm not sure how far off we were with, or how far off uh, Classic was from the old vanilla uh, for Battleshout and such. 
Okay. Now, look, in saying that, you know, as I said, we, we've got to get it back to the way it was. You know, we want the game playing and, and not having a, a new meta for Warriors or anything like that. But um, are you one of those Warriors who will be sort of shedding a tear and rip those three weeks that we had demoralizing shout like this uh, or anything like that? Absolutely. <laughs> I I had my I had my heyday in Wrath as a warrior where I could just charge in, start mashing thunderclap in defensive stance, and basically just hold all the threat all the time and never need to give a shit about it. And in classic, I have to fight tooth and nail over my DPSers to, you know, wait for two sunders or whatever. Hmm. And it's just it's uh it's a it's night and day and it's the that's and that's the way I want it. Fair enough, mate. Now, look, let's go on to another topic that has been all the talk amongst the Warriors again, even though it does affect everyone. Um, and this is the aura cap, per se, that, you know, has been a buzz amongst the theory crafters. And this is something that is kind of new information, I think, and is really exciting in terms of, you know, I've seen Fight Club all abuzz about this. Um, I've, I know Vilius has, has been um, keen to talk about this kind of stuff as well. Um, and, you know, we might have subsequent chats about this on the show, but just as a kind of, you know, in the moment reaction, I'd love to go over what you thought of it all, because we've been told via a blue post that, you um, you know, there are, we've talked about this on the show before, these things called auras, basically the changes to the effects on your character, you know, like buffs effectively, but that's kind of a very Mm -hmm. rudimentary way of putting it. There's a lot more to it than that. Um, You know, Blizzard in the blue post talks about how they have three categories for auras, helpful, harmful, and passive. And obviously debuffs are, are placed in the harmful category and then there's also passive and helpful which is applied to to players and whatnot and we get helpful ones like they name powered fortitude songflower serenade rallying, rallying cry of the dragon slayer and, and it goes on from there but then also enchants and and things like that come into effect now people were noticing that even when they had the gear that would effectively have them always hitting um they were noticing a lot of misses coming in and they were saying, what the fuck? And rightfully so. Um, this is, as I mentioned by Blue Post, since been addressed by Blizzard and we've learned a lot um, about, well, there's a limit to the amount of these benefits you can have and some of them are unfortunately being bumped off in very weird and distinct ways. And and we'll go into that a little bit, but I'll start with just your reaction to this news. Did you notice this happening in game as of yet, or are you just more working vicariously through the stories and footage that you've seen? Uh, I'm mostly working vicariously uh, through the stories that I'm reading on the Discord and throughout through, across the internet. Mm. Uh, the most that ever really impacted me was like you could... so the the buff cap and the debuff limit have always you've always had them and you've always been able to like push off debuffs if you get too many of them you'd push off the oldest debuffs like Mm -hmm. that that kind of stuff is nothing new or like Mm -hmm. even buffs were the same way but it's the the new the new thing the new bug was that the enchants and whether it was weapon stones and all all those kinds of things all the temporary buffs would also and and your uh your gear enchants and your weapon enchants and that those could even push off Mm -hmm 
your like quote unquote like real buffs like your you know prayer of fortitude and whatnot mm. and it was really intriguing the way blizzard described how such a problem could occur in terms of you know the order in which you equipped things would affect the buff being removed or or not um but one thing I wanted to start with, and mate, uh, whether or not you can go into this, like, don't feel if you don't know, you don't know. But you know, Blizzard did address just before Classic came out. We talked with the Warriors in depth about the you know hit chance and and everything that um, you know people were a bit worried about with Classic. And Blizzard basically said there is always that hidden one percent chance to miss and i think i'm getting that right tell me if i'm wrong but i had presumed before i read more into it that that was the reason oh people are just complaining because it's the hidden one percent and they think they're hit capped but you never can be really hit capped because of that ghost one percent but then i found out obviously there's a lot more to it um did you know what i'm talking about did you think that at all when you initially initially heard about this yeah yeah so so there was the uh so that's the weapon skill thing uh if you're if the difference between the mob's defense and your weapon skill is uh 10 or greater or sorry 10 or yeah 10 or greater uh your the first percent hit that you had contributing towards your uh hit percentage was just ignored just thrown out uh and that was that was known that was understood uh there was a blue post about it uh back during the beta when that was still going on uh and it, so, so you know, people were already, already theorizing, all right, so we get, you know, 305 weapon skill from the racials or whatever, and that that would, yeah, and that that would be covered and understood. Uh, so to think that it was even more than that and that all, like, oh, the devil source set bonus wasn't working or XYZ uh, was really getting blindsided uh, to me. Because, mm. like, there's that, there, yeah, sorry, there's that amount, there's that amount that you expect with like, oh, you know, the game is still buggy. It's still, you know, that's classic kind of thing. But to still have these other random little bugs is kind of surprising. And I don't know, maybe a little heartwarming because it shows that it's really this like kind of hodgepodge together. Like, yeah, we can make this work. Mm. It's uh, now that you've hit that point, that's a segue that I wanted to hit at some time. And we're here now. And you talked about, you know, the, the testing and and now here we are you know to be a little bit crude balls deep into classic like the game's out we've all been playing it for a few weeks now and we are still finding these you know relatively notable bugs and a lot of people have been commenting and coming to me as well and saying like huh funny seems to be something that happens when you don't beta test to level 60 blizzard hmm and I think there is a certain amount of justification behind comments like that. Like it's still, we do look back and go, why didn't we test to 60? There does seem to be stuff that would have perhaps been solved um, rather than cleaning up the mess after the fact. Have you, do you have any thoughts on that at all? You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, the first, the, the next thing I was thinking about was, you know, like, haha, joke. We did, we, they never extended the beta test to 60. Had they done that, I'm sure that a lot more of these bugs would have been ironed out. Um, if you, I, I read the John Stats uh, WoW diary, and one of the things that they that he uh, talked about was how like they didn't even when they tested Molten Core in the early days, like they didn't know how much damage like a raid group would do. Hmm. So to think that they would ne- even so to think that even now with all their technology and everything that they could still like thoroughly test everything only in house is 
kind of ridiculous. Mm. Like, a, a, you know, Blizzard's Blizzard's it's, it's a relatively big company, but it's not the, you know, millions and millions of players that love and breathe. Wow. And have done that over the past 15 years. Now, the next thing was, and mate, you'll know a little bit more about this one than me, because there were some people saying that, um, I'm not sure if it was this bug. I think it was this bug, even though we've just said they didn't test to 60. So it might've been problematic finding it, but they were saying that it's one of the annoying things is that there are bugs evident in classic that were thoroughly reported during the beta that are still evident and, you know, either just being changed now or still yet to be changed. Is, is that one of, is this one, one of those instances? I'm not sure. Okay. I, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they were aware of this back in the beta, I guess. That's um, right. It's still a question that I can leave, you know, sort of relatively open for you in terms of, you know, have you, do you know of any other bugs or have you come across any other bugs that you're like, huh, I thought like this one was fixed in the beta and it's still here or, or anything like that? I mean, the the biggest one that jumps out at me, uh, I don't even know if this was reported in the beta or anything like that. Uh, maybe it's just me. I don't remember when you open your skills tab and you see your class skills, arms, fury, protection, or I guess whatever it is, shadow, holy disc. Mm. Um, I don't remember there being numbers on those mm. in the very, like in during classic. Okay. I don't know if that's really, or if that's just my own bias. Um, and there's things like the, uh, there's things even like the execute bug, where if you, if you hit execute and you get rage after, after uh, you hit execute, but before the damage happens, it'll eat that rage and not, use that it'll, it'll just eat all your rage and not do bonus damage if on the generated rage between the execute and the end of the spell batching window okay it's um i mean one that pops into mind for me is obviously again something that we touched on the show a little bit in the past and not to flog a dead horse but you know the the plight of the hunter again. Now I I haven't kept feign as death. yeah feign death because I haven't kept close tabs on what the hunters have been saying as they move into end game the kind of things they're encountering because there were a lot of issues with hunter before the game launched and I don't know how many of those have been fixed but the one thing that keeps coming up on Twitter on forum posts is that feign death still seems to be broken. And that's a big one, don't you think? I, I absolutely agree. But I am I think the bigger question is, was feign death ever really fixed in the original? Yeah, fair, fair point, fair point. I and mean, we'd really need people coming on talking about their memories of feign death being, you know, was it, you know, the immaculate ability that people seem to remember it being back in the day? Or was it just as, you know, perhaps broken back in the day as it is now who knows i'd I'd need to speak to another hunter about that and and their experiences but mate you're a warrior let's go down a bit more you know a quick roundup on on what you've experienced so far in the in in the game anything else and and as i said feel free to to get as detailed as you like with the theory crafting or whatnot we're not shy of that here anything else that you've noticed uh so far in these first few weeks of classic that pertains to warriors and the theory crafting out of it all anything any fun that you've noticed or any fun stories as being a warrior in classic um as far as random random little nifty things i love or i uh really enjoy it's always the interaction where you'd switch stances and still have more rage than tactical mastery allows you. So when you start mashing a key 
I feel like sometimes I can get it off where like I can switch from Berserker to battle with and with you know 50 rage and still get a sweeping strikes off, which seems kind of weird. I'm not certain if it's some function of my white hit hitting at the exact time and generating generating the rage at the end in the next batch window or some weird shit like that. Uh, but it feels like it works. Okay. It's I guess it's it's kind of yeah it's uh, kind of out there, but mm. well, more importantly, mate. You're, you're. I think you mentioned that you're not quite level sixty yet. Are you having fun? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I spent the, uh, yeah, I think I, uh, I spent the first week of uh, classic, uh, you know, landing, landing uh, with my brother who uh, played a priest. So the warrior priest combo lives, uh, still lives very well. Uh, and we basically just grabbed, you know, did duo grinding, did some dungeons, and did that entire thing for the first week, and it was absolutely amazing. We got to recapture our wayward youth. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's, it's been an absolute blast. I've gotten to connect with uh, a bunch of old friends that I haven't talked to in five, 10 years. Uh, and I've made plenty of new ones in the process. Fantastic. Mate, one last point I'd love to get your thoughts on because you very, very lightly sort of almost went down this road, but I'll, I'll sort of take us there now in, in, um, totality in terms of these bugs are rising in game and and relatively significant ones i would say that you know do threaten to if they go unaddressed change the meta in which the game is played um i the, the, if we had to look on the bright side i would say i do get a small kick out of still having these things get discovered and then, you know, Blizzard has to rush and change it and they get patched. And, you know, just like it was back in the day, I, I kind of enjoy that things are being found, you know, it, maybe it, whether you use in air quotes the term exploited for a short period of time and then the fix comes in and then we go back to finding another thing. If the game was 100% polished, which, you know, sure it should be, but, you know, it's not. They're human. They've left a few things untouched and here they are cleaning it up as they go. Um I think it's still, you know, a little bit fun in that, you know, it, it's coming about that way. Do you feel that way or do you wish that, no, this is a 15-year-old game. We knew what the patch notes said. It should all be sorted out by now. If uh, if it wasn't buggy, it wouldn't be classic. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really love how they had that. Uh, they've, they've curated that forum post of a list of things that are not actually bugs just to throw it back in the player's face to be like, you know, like, you know, if you, you thought this was a bug, turns out, nah, this was exactly how it works on the reference client. Like, mm. you know, tough. Um, and I, and I, I love that. I want, I want that to be the way the game is because I, I don't know, like the, all the fun, all the little fun things that ever happen in these kinds of games. It is, it's all the emergent gameplay, right? It's all the things that happen when you throw a bunch of people in a video game and just kind of run with it and see what happens. Mm. So if there aren't if there aren't those kinds of bugs that makes it feel like a passion project or that make it feel like this kind of uh, that it was made by people and not just a bunch of robots kind of thing, mm. like if like that uh, in that in that pursuit of this perfect game without any bugs, everything works flawlessly exactly as it was designed to do. Uh, I just think you lose a lot of the fun and that kind of uh, like X factor or chemical X, you know, whatever uh, that really makes the game 
what you want and so magnetic. Yeah, no, I'm definitely with you to a certain degree there, mate. I think it is, it's a small, you know, ray of sunshine from something that is a little bit annoying to a lot of players going like, fuck, why are these bugs here? Well, you know, it's it's still a, a little bit of fun. There's a positive side to everything. But thanks so much, mate, for, for being on the show. Please do take this chance now. Anyone to shout out in game, anything to plug, go for it. Um, I guess I'll I'll plug the guild that uh, my my gang and I made. We're pl- uh, we're Alliance on Kurtonos. We're the Department of Nobland Security. <laughs> what was it? The uh, Department of Nobland Security. Indeed, uh, <laughs> no night elves need apply. Uh, obviously. Obviously, all right. Obviously, <laughs> all right. <laughs> What like what kind of what kind like how can you defend defend the gnome land if you have fucking nettles around? Exactly, exactly. All right, mate. Well, look, thanks so much for doing this, and we'll talk to you later. Yeah, well, it's been a been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Hi, everyone. Josh here. I just want to take a quick moment to remind you that while Countdown to Classic will always be a podcast you can get for free. If you do happen to really enjoy the show and find yourself always coming back for more, then please do check out the show's Patreon page to see how you can help keep the lights on at Countdown to Classic and even vote on show content as the show continues to bring you more and more Classic WoW goodness. Alternatively, if monthly subscriptions aren't your thing, you can always visit the show's tip jar over at Ko-Fi with that link being in the show notes and on the website too. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, it's time for another countdown to Classic Call, and I'm so elated to welcome back Tian SG. Mate, how are you? Good, man. Glad to be back. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, mate. And this one is an important one, I think, for the show because, look, in, in this particular episode, uh, people have already heard a, a couple of calls about you know, layering in previous episodes, we've talked about we've talked about the economy. And, you know, the show is very much so about hearing about things from a variety of angles. And I don't want people to think that the show has become an echo chamber. That's obviously not, you know, how I'm wanting it to be. But the show is very much so limited by sort of who puts their hand up to call at a certain time. And, you know, sometimes we don't get contrarians. But Tim, you've been so good in the past on the show as giving us some really level-headed, the sky is not falling um, chats. And you mentioned and you got on a roll with a couple of people in the Countdown Discord the other day, um, one of which being, you know, Countdown All-Star Minoru, talking about, you know, the economy and layering and saying, look, it's not the end of the world. There are positives here that people are not taking into account. So... This is the moment that the people who've been screaming at the show saying, Josh, talk about the other side. Here we are. So, Tim, I want to start with you about the economy because I think that's something that kind of um, kicked off where, you know, I I was talking obviously last week on the show about the collection of mats and Blizzard's now taken action on, you know, handing out suspensions, bans, what have you, on people that were, you know, in their eyes seem to be abusing the layering system and amassing all of these materials, obviously, to um, sell back at some point for a vast amount of profit. Um, Now, you mentioned that this is something that is not necessarily the be all end all of your server if it's happened on your server don't worry 
we're talking about, you know, maybe just a few people who have done this and it's not going to break your server's economy, so to speak. Is that, I'll let you take the ball and run with it, mate, but is that the gist of what you've been thinking lately? Yeah. Um, so I'm on Incendius with the uh, the rest of the Horde Countdown Guild, which, by the way, if you're listening, come join us. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. A lot of good. Um, but uh, so it's, it's, it's a server that was around um, since before, uh, it started, so there's a lot of players there. It still gets queues and stuff, so it's very populated. Um, and with a lot of people who, you know, first to 60 and things like that. Uh, so it's, it's I think, a fairly representative server, and it's, like, the economy is fun. <laughs> um, you know, there's it's, at least from my perspective, and I'll say I feel like I'm a fairly average player right now. I'm level 42. So right basically in the middle of the pack, you know, when I go out to quest during peak hours, it's I basically can't kill mobs. It's so crowded. Um, but like, yeah, it's been it's been perfectly fine. Um, the layering issue is one that I think in particular, um, at least from listening to some of the other the previous calls, like they made some good points. And certainly, um, you know, when you're talking to I think it was Lashrak and, and Elenia. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lashrak was talking about the fact that he had used it to collect devil sword leather, and that yep. that's fair. He had used it to get a lot, but he also was the only sixty on his server, yep. uh, second sixty in the world. So he would have been able to collect devil sword leather on his own, anyways. Hmm. Layering just allowed him to do it quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, and, and I think there was a little bit of a carryover misunderstanding of how the layering kind of worked. I heard a lot of that talk of in terms of like how you could continue to farm Devil Sword or Black Lotus, but also in terms of like PvP, the worry of, oh, well, you can just, if you're getting ganked a lot, you just switch layers and you're good, no more dealing with PvP. But it seems to imply that people will still have this misunderstanding that layering works in the sense of the like uh, filling up a glass that then overflows into another, where, you know, if there's a layer of 2,500 people, except there's 2,501 that there will be one layer of 2,500 and one layer of one lonely person. But <laughs> we know from, uh, we know that that's not the case, mm, that it's more right. evenly distributed. You know, if you have 2,501, it will be more like, you know, maybe 2,000, 1,000, or that, that math doesn't make sense, but I'm not good at math. Um, <laughs> but that, in my experience, when you've switched, like when I've switched layers, um, sometimes accidentally <laughs> just like joining a group and not thinking about it. Um, sometimes once or twice on purpose, I go into a layer that is equally or just around as crowded or maybe more crowded. It's just different players, right? Hmm. Um, and so that's, I think, one thing that is a, well, you know, maybe pump the brakes a little bit on this sky is falling. Like people think that there is going to be this always this magical layer that is completely unpopulated with no PvP and all the mobs you could ever want to kill and all the named mobs are there to kill and devils are just just 1% health ready to be skinned. Um, but that's not the case. Uh, like once it starts getting more crowded um, and layering is still around, then my understanding of it, and again, I could be very wrong about this, but my understanding of it is that, and my experience with it is that essentially if you're in Ungoro and you try to farm Delphsar and you're like, oh man, it's just packed. Let me switch layers. And you go switch layers, you're going to go to another zone that is probably just as packed, just with different players. Now, mate, um, obviously very right to bring up, um, you know, maybe the 
pump the brakes kind of mentality in terms of everyone can settle down. You know, there are always pros and cons to certain systems. And, and I'm as guilty of anyone. Like I've got a certain viewpoint on layering and the economy. Um, you know, I think it's fair to say, and and I did appreciate from people like yourself and Minoru sort of getting the um, almost like the the Black Widow talk to the Hulk going, sun's getting real low, big guy. You know, I'm like, all right, <laughs> yeah. I'll settle down. I'll settle down because you raised some great points when I'm sort of sitting there going, Oh, this breaks this breaks your economy. You know, it's gone. It's gone. But you know, it is only a small amount of people. But people talk about, you know, whether they then create mafias, cartels, own their fucking yeah. uh, servers, auction house and whatnot. But I just want to read uh one of Minoru's or a couple of comments really from the countdown Discord, which I think were just fantastic. And Minoru's one was some one here that I thought was really, really worth bringing up. And, and you've touched on it as well, Tim, but I'll get you extrapolate on this one a little bit. Minoru says the following. I won't hand wave the issues of layering as nothing to worry about. Of course, there are problems that need to be addressed, but I do agree with the notion that the reaction is overblown. I crunched the numbers yesterday from an aggregate census site and found that even when levels 1 to 5 are purged from the data, 60% of the player base is below level 20, 80% is below level 30, 93% is below level 40, 98% is below level 50. The majority of players are still in Westfall and the Barrens. The people farming endgame materials are so far ahead of the curve that nobody else had a chance to compete, layering or not. Now, he said this on Monday, I should say, by the way. Um, So the other thing, he continues, the other thing is that value is player-driven. No one needs Devil Sword. No one needs Flask. Pre-BIS lists are misleading. Raids aren't going to fail if players don't have everything on that list. We didn't use most of those items back in the vanilla days. That first kill of Ragnaros did just fine with sub-60 greens, obviously referencing apes taking it down a couple of weeks ago. Don't feed into those markets if you're unhappy with what's going on with them. If people want to say, but I'll be at a disadvantage if I don't, then they'll have to figure out what's more important, their ego or their principles. If one's guild requires those items, chances are they were the ones farming those things to begin with. Now, does my argument here mean anything? No. People are fickle and the market will march on. People will buy Devil Saw and Flas en masse. But people can still know there's the option of not participating in those markets. There's always alternatives. And I think that's a fantastic point that he raises there. Um, I really do agree with a lot of that. And and if anything, Classic has shown us so far in terms of you know the economy and, and whatnot sorry, in terms of the challenge and if you do need to buy all of these things. So you don't need all the the tools, the tricks of the trade or whatever to take down some of this higher end content, you know, as he mentions, apes being in, you know, now apes is a very, very talented guild. We should also say that. But yes, in sub 60 greens kind of going through it with just, you know, a lot of people under level 60 as well. Um, Tim, hearing Minoru's comments there, what did you have to say on that? I mean, yeah, I, I agree with it. I think it it brings up this really good point about what's happened generally on the, uh, some of the conversation around Classic. And I think WoW in general is, and games in general, this can happen where you get the amplified voice of a, of a very small minority, right? Um, and so in this case, we got the amplified voice of people like Lashrak who are already 60, mm. uh, people who are hardcore and, you know, are planning on farming Devil Star to make a ton of money. 
But once you start breaking down the actual numbers of the players, the the actual way players are playing the game, like the average player, the person who you know maybe doesn't even listen to this podcast, which everybody should, but <laughs> um, you know, once you start looking at that, you realize, oh, it's actually not nearly as much of an issue or as significant or as drawn out. And, and Blizzard sort of pointed that out that you know, hey, you know, we've looked into this, and this is not that big of an issue, guys. Like I know you think it is, but Although, you know, Blizzard saying, you know, you think it is, but it's not, is always a little sketchy now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that does bring up a really good point of just that, like, we're, we mostly hear from players who are, you know, top end and crunching the numbers. And so it all, like, yeah, I just think we always have to remember that we are the generally people who are probably listening to the show, people who are um, already at, in their 50s and 60s and already rating we are the one percent, you know, hmm. um, and we and it it can be tough to for if it can be tough to remember that and tough to remember that um, we are not necessarily always the voices for everybody playing the game. Hmm. Mate, you raised a great point as well in the Discord, um, which you've only very lightly talked about here. I'll give you a chance to go into a bit further in terms of you know the the economy again, because we talk about things like supply. And with these servers being so jam-packed, you know, it's pretty fair to say that everyone's auction house is looking a lot different uh, different to how it used to back in the day when your server started then. You know, now there's just a flood of items because some servers have 10 times the population that they did back then. You know, Aragal has 25,000 people on the server, albeit spread across a variety of layers, but still at its core, there's 25,000 people there pumping things into that auction house. As, you know, that's how it works as far as I know. But you talked about, you know, the notion of a healthy economy and what the abundance of those items can actually mean in the long run. So why don't I let you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, and to start off, I'm not an economist at all. The most <laughs> I've ever done is study You're like not? What? History, no, <laughs> study like the history of economics, but that is not close to the same. So, so you're telling me, are you, mate, ass. mate, are you telling me we're not going to get a full breakdown on Keynesian economics right now? Uh, unfortunately not. I'm still <laughs> working on that thesis and I got to present my dissertation to the committee. <laughs> All right. We'll make two. Uh, yeah. But, uh, one thing I do think that that is very easy to forget, um, is when people say like a broken economy or this will break the economy, it's always like, well, what does that mean? Right. What does a working economy mean? What does a broken economy mean? So I think a lot of the, uh, cause like for, so let's say incendious in my for our auction house currently almost all the prices are really really down yeah um and it's like silk cloth is a good example of this people are selling it for sometimes like less than you can vendor it yeah great like there are people just buying silk cloth just to vendor it to make money hmm. um which is which is crazy but it, it, you know because there's just a ton of people as you know and they've got a lot of resources um and so the thing for me is that um, yes, prices are going to be down for people who want to accumulate wealth, which I think a lot of people who've been complaining about this, um, including yourself, because you have noted that you love to play the auction house and accumulate wealth. Mm. And that's awesome. And that's a great way to play. Um, but like for people who want to do that, yes, this is going to be a lot more difficult in this, in this scenario where resources are a lot more abundant where you're also going to have more demand because you have more players. Mm. Uh, but with layering, it's going to be easier to get. It's going to be easier to, to you know pull everything together, to have a ton of resources. Um, 
So it's harder to accumulate wealth. Mm. But on the other hand, if you're just an average player, if you're a person who has a nine to five job, can't play every day, maybe just gets a few hours on the weekends, so you can't really farm all that much, um, and you can't, you're not a person who's going to go farm a hundred devil star, you know, in a sitting or something like that. This could actually be a really good thing because it means that you know, if there's a ton of devil star leather out there and the prices and the prices dropped, well, that means it's easier for you to you know kill a few mobs in Western Plaguelands and get enough money for your devil star set. So this, in my opinion, could actually be better for your average everyday player because, um, you know, the fact that there's all these depressed prices doesn't change the fact that there's a baseline amount that you can make from just killing mobs. That, that's never going to change. Um, the amount of items that drop off a mob, the amount of money that drops off like, you know, Scarlet Knights or whatever, um, that never changes. Hmm. So if prices go down and that remains the same, then that means people who do that, who that's all they're their options are are making relatively more value if that makes sense so basically i'm saying that like from one perspective you might say this is broken from the perspective of ease of gain getting a lot of money but on the other hand like i said for average players i think this actually might end up being a positive in terms of ability to afford um more difficult more rare things okay now, mate, um, just turning back to the layering is, uh, as well for a second, um, you know, we, we've talked a, a bit on this episode already, which you unfortunately haven't had the benefit of hearing yet. So I'm going to ask you to comment on something that you don't necessarily know the minutia of in terms of the conversation, but you definitely know about the topic. Um, you know, the, the bands have been going out lately for layering abuse and um, you know, Minoru and yourself again, like have been saying, guys, there's, there's always positives, you know, layering and we don't layering is there for a reason. We understand why it's there. There are benefits to it. Some people just feel that the negatives outweigh the positives. Others feel the other way. Now, I, I, I believe, mate, shout me down if I'm wrong, that you've been, you know, totally fine with obviously the, the opportunities that layering have afforded servers. Um, when you see things like the bands going out to these players for abusing those layering mechanics for the collection of materials and also in dungeons, how does that make you feel? Do you still preach to people, look, again, that's the 1%, don't worry, the sky isn't falling? So it's interesting. First off, I mean, I knew about the layering abuse for dungeons and like abusing it to get bosses. I did not know that they were handing out bands for people just like, generally using layering to is, is that like Lashrak's thing like getting more devil star leather or black lotus like that thing i can't say for sure but um my look i, I really don't want to say because i don't know my, I, my guess was for the dungeon stuff but okay but i've got a funny and again i've got a funny feeling it might be for the material gathering as well but i i've been looking around for answers to this and it's not really coming out yet. It will over the next week or so, I'm sure, as to who's getting banned and what for and what, what was going on. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I mean, on the dungeon stuff, I, I think I'm mostly for that, largely just because uh, my understanding of it is it's basically abusing a bug uh, where you could invite, if you like leave your group and then get reinvited, the bosses respawn without any of it, which obviously Blizzard has said not intended. So um fine but if they if they're banning people for abusing layering in general uh, that's a little bit more interesting mm. um 
I, agree. I don't like, yeah, my, I mean, my honest answer is I don't, I think you would have to be probably depend on a situation by situation basis. I mean, I know a lot, you know, on my server, like a lot of our guildies just occasionally see guild ask for, hey, can you invite me to switch layers? Um, most people are using it to like, you know, if they're in Stranglethorn and they're trying to kill quest mobs and there's like eight Alliance players there and they're like, help. Um, and uh, they can hopefully get to a less slightly less popular server. I know for myself, um, to use a very specific example, uh, when I was trying to farm my mounts for level 40, um, there's a, I think the secret is out on this out, but there's for Horde, there's shellfish gathering you can do in Desolus, hmm. which is is a pretty good way it's like eight or nine gold an hour and you don't have to fight that much stuff um but you know when i was there one of the days it was really populated so i just asked somebody to invite me to their lair and I switched and there were still other people there farming but there were less so i was able to farm hmm. so i have myself used it yeah um i think most people a, have to be yeah. honest with you mate yeah that's a tough thing it's it's tough because it is I, like those cases, I mean, it's obviously I did it, so it's yeah. it's tough to be really unbiased, you know, when it's something I have used. Um, I mean, it's sort of this is uh, there's no way Blizzard didn't see this as a thing that people would use. Exactly. Um, partially, yeah. Partially because um, all of us told Blizzard that this is how it would yeah. be used. We will do this if you bring it in. Yeah. Uh, so it would be. And the dungeon thing was not something that we knew about because it was a bug. Right. Um, but so, they still they still could have guessed, but they couldn't have foreseen. If that was a yeah, bug, they couldn't true. have foreseen it yet. Um, Unless they did so, the beta testing up until 60, then they might have found out about it. Yeah, that's which is, listen, that's a whole other yeah, bag, of, fish, exactly. uh, bag of things to talk yeah. about. But um, yeah, it's so, so I, I I don't know. It's it's tough because I don't, like for me personally, I don't think all this layering is really negatively affecting the economy. Yeah. Um, I think it's generally that the depressed prices are, are generally helping people. So for me, I'm sort of like, it's fine. And eventually Blizzard's going to be removing layers. And this is one thing I will say. I think you mentioned earlier that you had a thought of sort of um, what if Blizzard doesn't remove layers, mm. which may, I mean, maybe, but I will say, I think that Blizzard has earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to classic mm. for how to their word, they've stuck, right? Mm. Um, and when there have been issues that the community has brought up, they've listened. So I think the community has been very clear with Blizzard that we do not want layering to mm. stick around. Um, so while I think Blizzard is probably dealing with a real issue of, oh my God, people are still playing, help. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> we see with all the server transfers. Mm. Uh, I Yeah, I think Blizzard will remove it eventually. But yeah, so I, I just think that they must have, uh, I'm fine. I'm fine with people using layering yeah. as it is now. Um, and I think if Blizzard is handing out bans, I mean, outside of really extreme circumstances and specific instances, I'd, I'd find that really harsh. I'm. I know where you're coming from, mate. I personally am hesitant to give Blizzard as much of a pat on the back for their handling of classic up to this point. I know I read all the comments and I totally see where people are coming from. As soon as Blizzard jumps on something, this the fireworks go out, the celebrations, the, oh yes, they listen to us. How good are they? Thank you, Blizzard. You get it. You know what classic's supposed to be about. 
my thing with that is I don't doubt that they're you know dedicated to you know trying to get to as close of a, a vanilla experience as possible. I, it's funny I was watching you know Endgame, um, Avengers Endgame on the way, and no no spoilers, everyone. So don't worry about that. You can continue listening Ooh, without any it's an overrated move. Yeah, <laughs> so you can, can keep <laughs> listening, everyone. I'm not going to spoil anything, but you know I was watching Avengers Endgame on the plane back from Hawaii for the fourth time, I believe, and. Um, you know, there's a, a line in it, which again, doesn't spoil anything, where they talk about, you know, Thor's complaining. No, sorry, it's Iron Man is complaining, saying, why are we the Avengers and not the Prevengers? Why do we come in after the fact and help people out as opposed to stopping a threat before it ever comes to be? And I really thought that that's a relatively strong summation of how Blizzard has been with Classic. Now, granted, there's a lot of things that they can't forecast necessarily, but we, as you said, Tim, we have literally told them these are the problems that are coming your way and things weren't done to prevent them. Then the problem happens and then they fix it after the fact. And then we celebrate them. And I'm not the person necessarily that celebrates them. I sort of sit back and go, probably something you should have and could have done earlier. That that, But that's just me. I'm a pessimist. So be it. I, I just live in that kind of colder environment, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah no, I, I get you. I mean, for, for me, it's that tough thing of... I. I will always think of, well, like I was just listening to the last episode and um, when you were interviewing Damien from the Star Wars, The Old mm. Republic, which mm. was excellent. And he mentioned, he just had a brief line where he was like, you know, people never can really understand how difficult it is to work on and develop an MMO. Mm. So there's just a part of me that, especially with this, is just like, it's always it's easy for for us from yeah. our uh, computer chairs mm. um and not being in the rooms yeah. and all that stuff and not not being a part of the full picture mm. and like and all that to say well look we told you so yeah um, yeah but i mean i i do hear what you're saying like mm. you're not wrong that it would like they listen to us on some things. It would be nice if they listened to us on more things mm. uh, because generally the community has been pretty correct about a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I guess for, for me, I'm, I'm more of an optimist. So that's why we get along so well. <laughs> Mate, I, 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 totally fair points to raise. I think that, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm shitting on the classic team because I think that honestly, half the stuff that happens is out of their hands. Um, things like beta testing, you know, when people complain and say, there's so many things we're picking up just now, now that people are breaking through to 60 and now that rating has begun, that people are sort of complaining about going, this is a bug that should have been fixed in the beta, but we didn't get the chance to find it in the beta because you didn't level us, let us level yeah. up to 60. That's something that's, I think, out of the classic team's hands. That's Blizzard, that's PR, that's everything, right? Um, yeah. So that's a kind of a different issue. But yeah, I just think that... Um, you know, I've got that point of view, but, you know, it, it is definitely something that credit is still due where credit should be given. You know, credit where credit's due is what I'm trying to say. You know, the game is still fantastic. Everyone's still having a great time. Um, you know, there it's not without its warts, but as you say, mate, maybe the warts can have a bit of makeup put on them and they're not seen to be looking as bad. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and like... 
yeah with the yeah and um sorry i got distracted because my dogs are barking yeah, right but um with uh with blizzards like this slow response time sometimes and stuff it is i because i want to see what you're saying i mean <laughs> with the economy in particular one other thing about all of this and the reactions to it and and how blizzard is treating again because blizzard is taking like I'm echoing, it's not, it's it's weird because I feel like sometimes I'm a Blizzard apologist. I really don't want to be, but um, Blizzard is taking that similar stance of basically, you know, guys, it's fine, don't worry about it, it's not a big deal. Um, and there is a part of me that does worry, but overall, I do. You know who? Again, it was the last episode you had. I forgot who you had who was talking about the economy. Um, that was, I'll tell you, that was Farq's best mate, um, whose name was, and I feel like, ah, um, Sire. Right, right. So I think, I think it was him who mentioned that, um, like whatever happens, I mean, our economies in classic are going to be different than how they were in vanilla. That's always going to be. And the way that WoW's economy works and the way that it is so like, I mean, as was pointed, as been pointed out, like. People have written actual economic papers on it. Mm. Um, it's a living, breathing thing, and there's nothing that's probably really going to actually break <laughs> um, mm. WoW's economy uh, or any service economy. It's gonna, it will change it. Things will be different. Um, so, and, and as was pointed out, you know, um, your ability, like a good person in an economy, is marked by how they adapt to those changes. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I, all this layering, all this stuff, it's gonna change. It's it's already changed the economies, that's for sure. But I don't think that means it's broken. I think it just means it's different, and um, that's kind of cool. I yeah. mean, because it means that we're having different experiences. Mm. I think a, a big thing to touch on, and, and you just mentioned it there, but it was also something again that was mentioned in the Countdown to Classic Discord. And guys, if you're not part of the Countdown to Classic Discord, I'm, I'm just reading people's comments from the Discord. There's some amazing people there who talk about this stuff. So check it out if you're not a part of it. But Scythe mentioned the same thing that you just mentioned, Tim, which I think is a great point in terms of like, you know, economies aren't static. It does not have to adhere to your expectations of previous economic fluctuations that you've seen on other WoW servers, like on private servers that people have played on in the past. And Scythe was critical of people of importing their private server opinions and expectations over to Classic, thinking that the economy would just basically go the same way. And every server is different. Every iteration of the game is different. You know, and absolutely the supply and demand will ebb and flow as it goes with your server at the time. Um, so there's a really good point to make, not to have necessarily um, static expectations. You kind of got to go with the flow when it comes to the economy. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do, I will say one thing, because we did mention it very, very briefly, or you mentioned it very briefly, that I would be worried about for an economy. Again, just not, maybe not breaking it, but changing it in ways that I think would be bad. Mm. um is as you noted like Delvisor mafia oh yeah um, monopolistic tendency let's, let's talk about it go into it mate yeah i mean it's so i played a, i played a bit in this tolerance. i didn't really encounter the mafia because i only got to like 40. Uh, but i was well aware of it people talked about it a lot i think for me personally that's one of the one of the worst things to come out of the private servers was those things and i listen i know a lot of private service players also hated it um and that is something i would actually be worried about um and how blizzard is going to handle that because 
we so far I, like i've heard rumors this is that tough thing i mean it's just like you see stuff on reddit but i mean you can't <laughs> believe half of that <laughs> um, uh you can't believe 90 percent of that to be <laughs> honest um but like you see like there are rumors already right that like mafias have started that yep. Yep, uh, people them. are working inner faction and mm-hmm. um all this stuff and it's it's well Lashrak, sorry you were just you yeah. if i could just cut in mate Lashrak yeah. got caught up in all of that as well and people were sending That's me right. the post going aha josh look you've had a horrible person on your show don't invite them back again and um Lashrak's been in the countdown discord saying look there's always two sides of the story and he's given his side of the story going like this is coming from someone who they've got history but anyway um yeah that was I'll because I was a part of that conversation. Not I was just watching it, mm. and then I just commented that uh, Lashrak story made sense to me. Yeah, um, which was that people had what was it? People had seen him like because he plays he plays Horde. Is that right? Uh, I believe so. Uh, okay, so he, they had seen like an alliance hunter basically like not trying to kill him, and then him not trying. It was a whole thing where they saw somebody sitting around his spawn. Oh, that's right. He was killing them, and there was a guy trying to snipe, right. trying to snipe the skinning. That's exactly what it was. And there was a guy. There was a guy who was his faction, um, also like sitting there trying to snipe, killing, and like just skin. And it was funny because as soon as Lashrak said it, I played a hunter early days in Classic and did a lot of Devil Star Farm. And I was like, oh my God, yes, I remember that. Hmm. I absolutely remember people just like rogues, especially just like sitting on your kill and waiting for you to loot it. And you're like, it gotta be like quick fingers. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it, but so yeah, so, so these rumors, like people are, are, are saying some are popping up, whether or not it's true. Um, but that's something I actually do worry about. I do wonder how Blizzard is going to deal with that because whatever the truth there are to the rumor, I feel confident that people are going to try hmm. um, because it did make a lot of people a lot of money and give them a lot of wealth and power in the private servers. Um, and private servers like didn't really do anything about it, hmm. um, which, I, I mean, that would be a real problem for me because then you get the issue of instead of Devil Star level Leather being very cheap, and just being a problem of God, if you're trying to farm Devil Star to make money, it's tough. Mm. It then just becomes this issue of only the richest and the most elite can afford this, mm. um, and nobody can farm it except for the people a part of the mafia. Mate, I've been trying to get a hold of Party Pooper for this one, who did actually shoot me a message a couple of hours ago, but I haven't been able to catch him today. But maybe you know another episode on the show. We've been you know trying to do this. Um, call about the devil saw mafia for <laughs> over a year now but he's he's very he's very keen to do it and we will get there one day he's obviously been very busy raiding but um he'll get back on the show one day to talk about it and you know it's something where i actually have a pretty hot take about the devil saw mafia that i think could upset Ooh. a lot of people um I'm honestly like I've been looking into it recently because, mate, I've been reading the same things that you've been reading. The rumors about the Devil Saw Mafia is back. It's popping up on certain servers. I I need to be told why I'm wrong on this because I honestly I'm not a hundred percent you know comfortable with I you know when you've looked into something but you feel like you could dive deeper. So I, I have read enough to give an opinion, but I feel like I could read even more to really solidify that opinion. Um, and that's like. With the end user license agreement, um, I found a funny thing where by my research, and again, guys, write into me if I'm wrong. I'll happily correct myself on the show. 
The specific condition in the old World of Warcraft Terms of Service that specifically said you could be banned for cross-faction communication is no longer in the end-user license agreement. So the game does not use like the old... Look, again, I really want to stress this, guys. If I'm wrong, let me know. The game doesn't use the old TOS anymore. It uses the, the Blizzard broad all-encompassing end-user license agreement. When you go through that, and it's not a particularly long document, you do go through the um, you know mentions of what's bannable, things like cheating, things like botting, blah, 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 blah. The cross-faction thing was taken out. And, I mean, oh, you know, for, for, for the reasons that, you know, Things have changed over time, what have you. I don't know what goes on with retail and if you can, you know, you can obviously talk. I presume on retail you can talk to your friends through their Blizzard ID even if they're on another faction. Is that how it works? I've got no idea. But anyway. I I assume so. I mean, my buddy can talk to me through the Battle.net ID when I'm playing WoW and he's playing Overwatch. So so that's why I presume it was taken out. I, I, I don't know. But anyway, it's not there is the point. So now that it's not there, I can't find anything that could necessarily be applicable and this is through the eyes of again a hyper anal lawyer who does nothing more than break down the (laughs) meaning of very generic words on a daily basis um you know i've sat in court and gotten in a two-hour argument over the definition of the word approach before this is the kind of shit that i'm talking about um you know i can't see anything there that actually raises a good argument for cross-faction collusion being against the rules do you have you looked into it at all do you know if it is a hundred percent ah josh you missed this one it's definitely bannable because a lot of people say it's bannable but they don't cite why um so first off i have not looked into the terms of services all that much uh so we are basically just two fools shouting into the night yeah um, on this, although I think you've done more research than I have. <laughs> it's also funny because, like, so you're a lawyer, so it makes sense that you dive deep into the actual rules to try to, like, parse through, okay, what do the rules say? And if the rules say something, then it's like, yep, got to take them out. But if they don't, then it's like, well, it's not part of the rules. Hmm. Whereas, like, I'm a historian, and I have come across so many times when rules and laws are incorrect that I'm just like, well, what's right? <laughs> Um, and, and what should like, regardless of what the rules and laws are. So you're, I won't lie. I, I would not be surprised to know, to see that they have removed that cross faction thing. Cause as you point out, I'm pretty sure you can communicate with the battle net ID hmm. with anybody. Hmm. Um, although yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, but even if you remove the cross faction thing, right. And let's say you just have an all horde guild who is just very powerful, very, let's say countdown. Let's just, Hmm. let's just put us out there. Hmm. Let's say countdown decides a month in, like, you know what guys, we're just going to farm Devilsar. So we take all of our like 300 some odd members and that's all we do. And we dominate, we, we push out all Alliance competition. It's just us. Are we, would we be doing anything against the terms of service? Cause probably not. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Cause it's like, we we're just we're engaging in pvp and we're yes we're farming these mobs but there's nothing wrong with farming Mm. um and we're not cross-faction communication so you can't even bring that 
So that's a really interesting question because uh, from my standpoint, if a Devil's Target Mafia gets formed, even if it's technically under the rules, I think that would be really bad mm. and should be something that Blizzard should look into. But this is going back to what you're talking about of, uh, like, is Blizzard listening to us about this? Because I think a lot of people are saying, hey, Mafias are bad. These will hurt the economy. Mm. And so the hope would be Blizzard is preparing for that. And maybe working something into the terms of service that would be like, hey, we're going to find a way to specify that like this is this yeah. specific thing is in the lab. Now, um, but are they? Oh. Exactly. And, and mate, that's my point. This is where we come back to my hottest of hot takes, which might upset people. But guys, if if I'm onto something here and I might not be, I can't wait till I get the e- I can't wait till I get the email you know, tomorrow saying, Josh, here's the condition that you missed that specifically bans, you know, cross-faction collusion. (laughs) But if I am onto something here, if it's not against the rules, I don't have any problem with Devil Saw Mafias. There, I said it. That's it. Hot take. That is a hot take. If it's not against the rules, I'm okay with it because – Here's the thing, guys. If we do establish that it's not against the rules and you're going to come at me and say, this is bullshit, it's against the spirit of vanilla, I don't fucking like it, it should go, it griefs an economy. Well, those same people might be the ones that defend corpse camping and go like, well, that's fine. I can grief someone for hours on end and fuck with their day. It's not against the rules. I can do it. Well, isn't this a relatively similar situation? They're both not against the rules, but they're both kind of fucking with people. Do you, do you see what I'm saying here? Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, I do see what you're saying. Although, hold on a second, I gotta, I gotta get some ice to cool no, go down for it, mate. Go for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but I mean, I, I do under, totally understand what you're saying. It's funny. This ties to um, one of the other things I was a contrarian on, which is stream sniping, where like I was very much on the side of regardless of whether or not it's allowed in the terms of service, I don't think it's a good thing. Um, and a lot of people were like, well, if it's, if it's allowed, then it's okay. Mm. Um, so, but I, I do understand what you're saying. Mm. I don't think the corpse camping and devils or mafia are quite the same. It's Most probably a shit analogy. It was the closest I could get. I, I'm thinking <laughs> no, on no, the fly. It's, it's, it's reasonable in that it's like, it's a thing that really can badly affect the player. Um, you know, the player on the receiving end of it. Mm. And is something that is technically allowed, even though it is frowned upon. Hmm. Um, I think the main difference is that, like with corpse camping, you can, and this has always been the thing for me, for people who complain about getting corpse camp, hmm. to be honest, is that like, man, just log off for a little bit. Like it sucks. Or go play an alt. Like it sucks. But there is an option. There are ways that you get around it. And if that player, if you come back like eight hours later, is still there mm. i mean gotta respect the dedication right <laughs> um but that's not gonna happen that player is gonna get bored and they're gonna go somewhere else so yeah. there are actual ways to get around it. i think the problem with the mafia um is that fear the whole point of it is that there is no way to get around mm. it um not to mention the fact that the mafia is like their purpose is to affect the economy for the entire server mm. corpse camping affects the player that's being corpse camped. right um, so it's a much smaller oh, sphere. So totally, yeah. Here's the thing, though. Like I, I, 
touched on this on another call in the show. And the problem with it is, again, going with the hypothesis that the Devil Saw Mafia is not against the rules. It creates an arbitrary situation where you're asking Blizzard to sort of invoke penalties on those who haven't broken a rule but are doing something that goes against this theoretical spirit of vanilla. Um, Mm -hmm. That seems to be wrong. Do you know what I mean? That's not what Classic's all about, your band. Um, I do know what you mean, although I will point out that with like when people try to make the LFG add-on, which, mm. as far as I know, didn't break any rules. Blizzard was like, "Yeah, but this is against the spirit of classics. Exactly. So we're not going to allow." This. Yeah, exactly. And and that's, I see where they're coming from, but you create an arbitrary line where it's like, um, this is why they they almost need to draft a new license agreement for classic. Mm. Is kind of what I'm getting at, because we talked about the insta the layer hopping, and I was like. What happens if you're not farming, you know, a thousand of an item, but if you lay a hop and then you go, huh, those five mobs I just killed respawned. I'll kill them again. And Blizz says, oh, that's fine. But if you did it 50 times, then we'd come after you. Now, now we're getting arbitrary. Now we're picking and choosing where you yeah. apply the law. Same with the Devil Saw Mafia. What happens where you don't kill that member of the opposite faction in Angoro Crater that one time, but that's okay. But then you do it four or five times and, oh, that's cross-faction collusion, banned. Do you know what I mean? Like, again, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to vaguely pick and choose what feels right and what feels wrong as opposed to just fucking draft it up. Just tell us. I, I, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I, yeah. No, I, I do hear what you're saying. I think you're right. There's also, I'm not going to lie, you're talking about all this stuff and, and like, the spirit of classic. The chaotic part of me kind of wants to just see what happens. And most importantly, I kind of want to see how the community solves this or tries to solve it. Mm. Um, Because the community has been aware about this for a while, right? Mm. But this time around, we have a lot more players, uh, people who aren't going to be aware of this, but they're going to, if this starts happening, they're going to come across the effects of it. You know, are there going to be massive raids that happen where it's like guys this guild is trying to create a devil star mafia yes and so we're creating we are like yeah i mean there's yes. a reasonable chance that you get yeah that you get guilds made up that are just like mafia yes. killers um you, you know, mate you uh, have just raised one of the big points of why i'm okay with it is it's not just because i feel it's not against the rules it's also because i feel here's the thing I think it's in the spirit. Uh, let me let me change my words there. If everyone can do it, I'm kind of okay with the devil. That's why I'm okay with the Devil Soul Mafia. Like literally, if you don't like it, nothing is stopping you from going out and grabbing a bunch of your buds and going. You know what? Fuck this mafia. We're gonna get rid of them, or we're gonna create our own. Do you know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. kind of, like you said. It creates this chaos and mayhem, which is part of the fun of MMORPGs. It is. And I, I will say, like, from a real world, world perspective, where monopolies are also a major, one of the big issues that cop that comes up in the real world is you get monopolies, uh, like, say, a lot of the telecommunication companies like Comcast and whatnot, um, or AT&T. Hi, people who provide my internet. <laughs> um, hmm. But, uh, like, they have monopolies over certain areas, but they then, once they gain those monopolies, they then create laws to protect themselves yeah. 
from competitors, yep. <laughs> um, which is where the real problems come in. So uh, this is this would be a much more just actual free because if Blizzard is okay with allowing Devil Sword Mafias, then they'd be okay with Mafias competing with each other. Hmm. Um, it is, yeah, it's, I don't know. You're kind of convincing me. No, okay. You're not convincing me that it's not <laughs> wrong. I still don't like Devil Sword Mafias yep. or Mafia, like, I still think it's a bad thing, but you are kind of convincing me that, hey, maybe we just see what happens. Yeah. And and the other argument might be, you know, I appreciate that there might be people listening to this saying, uh, Josh, it was against the rules then. I don't care if it's not in the current end user license mm. agreement. It was a rule back then. Now, again, me being the douchebag lawyer that I am, I'm saying, well, I kind of operate by what the current law is. I'm sorry. I don't care what the old law is, but... Again, if we if we do want to grandfather in the old law that said you get banned if you talk to cross faction, um, then draft it up in a new agreement. And then, it, but then again, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go too much further than this, mate. Let's wind it up. But yeah. again, that creates the the silly situation where it's like. Well, what are we doing? Where do we draw that line of what's cross-faction communication? If you say G'day to your mate in Discord, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm being ridiculous, but like if they spot two people in Angoro Crater clearly not killing each other, are they just going to jump to the conclusion that they are communicating? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, that's for that's another day. Question. Yeah, sorry, mate. No, I was saying, no, it's a good question. Yeah. I think. It's a good Any- point. It's look. It's something that I could. This I really wanted to get a shitload of people in on, like you know, a roundtable discussion on this kind of stuff, and and everyone's obviously uh, running around playing the game and having fun. One day we might get it happening, mate. But look, Tim, I I can't say thank you enough. You are always uh, an amazing voice of reason. I love having you come on to play contrarian, and obviously, as you say, tell people that everything's going to be okay, mate. Um, look, we're almost a da- an hour into this one, and I said we'd be ten minutes. Classic, Josh. But uh, thanks so much, mate. Yeah, man. Thanks. It was it was really great, and and as always, love being here. Love the show. Uh, happy that it's just continuing to grow. All right, it's time for another countdown to Classic Call, and I've got three callers on the line. I'm really, really excited for this one because we talk about, you know, art imitating life, life imitating art, and all of that jazz. And guys, you know, if you're longtime listeners of the show, we had a bit of fun about six months ago now with a ninja looting trial with Cracker Man, who is fantastic on the show, sort of playing the part of someone who had ninja looted an item in a dungeon. And then, obviously, the boys from the Cinephiles and I, my lovely, lovely co-hosts, uh, Stu and Liam, helped out with a bit of uh, a laugh over that one. Now, of course, we knew that ninja looting would be happening in-game, and that was all a bit tongue-in-cheek. However, um, these guys uh, on the line actually took part in a real trial of a ninja looter, which I found absolutely fascinating when I came across uh, over at Twitter the other day. So I got straight in touch with um, the person that put it up, uh, you know, uh, and, and basically wound up with these three fantastic callers and, and who's going to tell us all about what went down. And I'm really, really interested in this one. So let's go through the guys one by one. Um, Lion Soul, first and foremost, welcome to you, mate. And thank you so much for putting together this crew for this call. No problem. Happy to be here. And we've got with you uh, Itachi. Mate, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. And finally, we've got Celebrity. Man, how's it going on? Fantastic. 
Excellent. All right, guys. Well, look, Lion Soul, I'm going to start with you, considering you were sort of, um, you know, part of the impetus behind this call, helping to round the guys up. And we almost actually got the ninja themselves to call in, which would have been fantastic as well to hear their side of the story. Um, but but unfortunately, they weren't available and we needed to get the call done. But Lion Soul, why don't you just tell the listeners the story of what happened? Because you were the victim of the ninja looting. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So um, we were doing BRD arena runs. And actually, just to give a quick backstory real quick to this, um, you know, we're leveling um, with people on the server in vanilla. Everyone knows it's a small community. You get to know everybody and people build a reputation and you can kind of like tell somebody's personality just by playing with them and stuff like that. So we're leveling and I'm not going to say the person's name out of respect to him. Mm -hmm. We could just say the ninja for now Mm -hmm. and uh anyways we're leveling and we're in our 30s 20s 40s people are running dungeons with him and we're just getting like this weird vibe he's very greedy with the loot um he would need on uh boe items saying he wants it for his brother and stuff like that it was just a weird vibe so anyways somehow we were almost level 60 we end up all being in the same guild and we're giving him a chance to run dungeons with him and in BRD Arena, uh, most people know there's a male chess piece that drops in there called Savage Gladiator Chain. And it's uh, best in slot until the AQ patch for a lot of classes. Um, Warrior, Hunter, and maybe some other classes I can't think of right now. But uh, And it has a really low drop rate. And the boss that spawns in the arena also has a low chance to spawn as well. And we were running it with him. And when the boss came out, we couldn't believe it. We killed him. The chest drops. And uh, to my surprise, the rogue needs on the chest. So, and then the drama ensued from there. Okay. So just to make sure I I, I understand this, because I obviously, I know about Savage uh, Gladiator's Chain. Um, I don't know the specifics behind, you know, uh, now, it's a male piece is it with its mm-hmm. bop is that right yeah yeah sorry okay. yeah i should have said it's bop yeah right not boe that's right so. so it literally has no use to a rogue yeah no use at all it's vendor trash okay great now we're out there so was yeah. it the case when you see this happen because i know we've all probably been through this before now as you say you've got the history of him acting a little weird beforehand but mm-hmm. was there any talk of maybe this was a slip of the button misclick or something like that no uh he did it completely in spite of me because uh during the run uh you know i would mark a scald target and mm-hmm. he would attack the other target and he was just being uh, disruptive the whole dungeon run, and I would make some comments like, hey, can you attack Skull, please? Can mm. you kick this heel? Because he was letting mobs cast heel. Yeah, I was just saying some little things, right? Mm. Not, I, was, I wasn't being a total dick, mm. you know? But uh, I guess he was mad at that, and he decided to do that because of that. Okay. Was there any yeah. chat around, you know, when the item comes up, everyone loses their collective shit, like, oh, my God, fuck, yeah. it dropped, it dropped. Was there any chat from him about what was going to go on, or was it just complete need smoke bomb? Yeah, it was complete smoke bomb. Like you said, came out of nowhere. Okay. Did he quit the group afterwards, or what? Yeah, actually, so what happened was he uh, he was in our guild, and as soon as it happened, like, 
I said something, everybody said, that saw said something, and the guild leader kicked him almost instantly. And he just hearthed out of there and was like, haha, you know? Hmm. And uh, yeah, he was pretty smug at the time when okay. that happened. And this was a guild run, yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. I think we had like four, four out of five people in the run were, were in the guild. All right, fantastic. Now, last question for you before we move on to the others. What was the reaction in the party at the time and what kind of things were being said? Everybody was just stunned and shocked, like saying, what? What the fuck? <laughs> so it was crazy. All right. Now let's move on, guys, and uh, let's get to the other guy's point of view, obviously. Um, Itachi, I'll start with you, mate. Now, is it the case that you're a fellow guild member that obviously heard about the story, but you weren't in the run? Is that right? No. So I'm going to basically give you some background on where I come into the story. Okay. So um, I'm going to actually give you some background on the Chrome Crush server itself and how like, we all fell into the, I would guess, the RP meme funny aspect of it. Uh, basically, what happened was uh, we have this thing called posture check in our and posture check turned into hydration check and basically this guy named gubby became kind of a meme legend and a server famous dude on our on our world chat and everybody loves him and he was a beloved guy and so on and anytime we would have world chat conversations uh me him and giller would uh you know dominate the world chat as far as people talking and making jokes and and gubby kind of had this rise to stardom and um in 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 just as far as the world chat was concerned so the day that it happened um celebrity was uh notably um upset i guess you could say mm. and was spamming the world chat channel uh that basically uh i, I don't know why we're not mentioning his name i, I but uh, the ninjas uh, the ninja was uh, basically put in the world chat that he's a ninja and nobody should group with him and that he should basically be excommunicated. Uh, excommunicated from Crom Crush. Mm. Sorry, I had a I had a long. That's day all right. That's all right, man. I, I even got to go back. Um, so uh, at this point, Gubby, who's this person that's like you know in this position of you know able to amass a crowd decides that he's going to um, create the the court case and and it was easy for him you know he started saying that he was gonna do a court case the next day at 8 p.m and he messaged me he said do you want to be the prosecutor messaged giller do you want to be the defendant giller's a little bit of a jokester so he didn't really defend anybody i actually ended up being the prosecutor and the defendant <laughs> don't worry man. It, it, it happens in real life I was happy. I was playing both roles at one point. And don't you have a law degree, Itachi? Sorry, I wrote a, a really nice. I, no, I don't have a law degree, but I took. Oh, okay. a, I took. I, I almost finished. I, I. I had a nice. I had a, a well thought out opening mm. statement that obviously got uh, lost in the insanity mm. that was in that courtroom that day. He watched Matlock but, in um, a bar. He watched Matlock in a bar one night. The sound was off, but he got the gist of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> So he basically turned into this like infamous level and actually half of the server fell in love with him. They started a 
a, a guild uh, called Savage Gladiator Chain, and every and anytime something would be said, they would post the Savage Gladiator Chain, and they would link it, and it was linked, and for days on end, it became this joke that anything that you did wrong, any anything that you took, anything that you did was basically this Savage Gladiator Chain, and and it became like a a, a, a server wide meme, and um. So the next day we had the court case and then obviously Gubby organized it and men sit down in the court case. Obviously we had a couple crazies yelling crazy stuff and some people would come to me and pass me gold and be like free, free the ninja, what mm. his name. And mm. they had like a hashtag free the ninja trying to bribe the system. Try, trying to bribe the system and and there was a whole aspect of RP that was actually super hilarious and then uh, the court case uh, proceeded and uh, some people were taking it seriously others were trying to free the ninja and say that you know he was mistreated and that's why he did it and and halfway through the court case he vanished he's a rogue so he vanished mm-hmm. and 40 people started chasing yeah, him. He sprinted out of the courtroom and hit he behind sprinted the out of the courtroom and there was like a 50 people chasing him out of the hallway running behind him oh, wow. saying there was a bounty on his head. It was hilarious. Oh, wow. And by the way, Josh, the, the building that we were in in Stormwind, I think was like a courtroom. It's almost like Blizzard put it in there well, for it to be a courtroom. That's what I was going to ask is, do you know yeah. which building you had it in? Yeah, it's uh, in the Dwarven, the Dwarven District. And it's a it's an abandoned building in the Dwarven District on the uh, northeastern corner. Right. Um, yeah. Because I I'd only looked at the picture very very fleetingly for a second for some reason it looked a lot like the bank but I thought oh no hang on that's not the bank what's going on but. Um, yeah. Okay, so we set the scene. That that's a great start, guys. We'll throw it over to Celebrity and Celebrity. I want to hear um, from you at this point because you you were at the trial as well yourself, right? Yeah. I okay. Was. So and in the run too. You you were just a spectator, is that right? I was. Uh, I took. You know, I was um, a witness on the stand. Oh, uh, that's right. Because trial. you were in the run. Yes, I was. Okay, fantastic. All right, sorry, I oh, I, yeah. I got the the roles reversed. I, I thought um I thought that was no, he was in both the run and the trial. Yep, yep, yep. Got you now. Okay, well, mate, we'll, we'll cut back to you and and just say as you see this, you know, trial actually take place i'm so impressed that it actually took place and the crowd that you got to attend and not only people that were invested i mean i think it's a win first of all getting the defendant to turn up which believe me in real life is a bit of a win as well um getting a crowd to turn up getting like a prosecutor defense it's all immaculately planned i think this is fantastic but we'll take it back half a step as well with you celebrity because you were in the run we've already asked what lion soul's thoughts were when it happened what do you have anything to Ad that we haven't heard from Lion Soul about the run itself and what your feelings were when it happened? Well, just, you know, from my perspective, I was, uh, you know, I was uh, pretty stoked that the boss came out and then um, the Savage Gladiator chest dropped. And I noticed some hesitancy, like, uh, you know, Lion Soul didn't immediately win the chest. Um, I saw the greeds and then I saw, uh, okay, this, you know, the ninja. Uh, hadn't rolled on it yet and I'm just like I'm you know I'm pretty skeptical at that point I'm like why did he not roll and so about like 10 seconds pass uh, you know that's not normal for uh, your typical roll like people are pretty quick about things sometimes or most of the time and anyway you know finally he rolls and it says that you know the ninja won the chest and I I was like 
uh, you know, I was pretty shocked. Uh, and immediately uh, that turned into rage. <laughs> so I like, uh, I just instantly went to world chat and started spamming, you know, uh, just this guy took the chest, uh, blacklist him. And mm -hmm. I did that probably for 20 minutes straight, uh, you know, after it dropped and it was ninja, I did it for 20 minutes straight. Uh, and, and then world chat took over from there. It was pretty meme it was uh it was crazy okay so we'll smash cut to the trial now and you're sitting there and as you say you were called upon as a witness what happened when you got in the witness box and what kind of questions were you asked and what were your responses well um i i was one of the last to roll up and then i was called on the spot and you know there's probably over 100 people in there and i uh you know uh, simple questions were asked like were you there Yes, I was. Uh, did this guy ninja the chest? Yes, he did. Um, uh, honestly, I, you know, I can't recollect it that well. Uh, but I, you know, I threw in a few explicitives uh, in between questions, uh, and uh, I think that's about it. Like, is is this guy guilty? Sure, yes, he is. Um, <laughs> and you know, I had my own opinions about things, but uh, I'm sure you wouldn't want that on your talk show. I said, That's <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, said some stuff. was it now lion soul you you might remember this one was it the prosecutor or the defense that asked witnesses if he was guilty <laughs> was it who that asked who Wait, was guilty? do you remember if it was you the prosecutor or if it was the defense uh attorney who was asking witnesses do you think the defendant is guilty oh well, yeah there... oh, go oh ahead. sorry sorry no, go ahead you're good attaching you go ahead yeah I thought he was asking me, sorry. Um, also, I wanted to say you, you were mentioning getting all the people there. Shout out to Gubby on our server for organizing all of that. But yeah, I, well, Giller was the defense attorney and he basically was turned it into this big joke about that he didn't do nothing. So I actually uh, examined Giller. I actually cross-examined... Um, the ninja and I cross-examined celebrity because poor, the poor ninja had no defense attorney. Um, but he was basically asked questions like, "What was done to provoke him to do this, and uh, was the provoking valid? And uh, do we draw a line at you know, is provoking somebody enough to ninja something, or have some sort of line that we draw where personal?" Yep. personal grievances you know don't get in the way of items that take you know real life hours to grind and then mm. we just end up in chaos where people are doing whatever they want yeah and uh yeah so those were some of the questions that were asked and trying to get to the root of the problem perfect well man i'll get you to kick on the story from there and sorry yeah i, I said lion soul before i i did mean you um who okay. obviously you were doing the, the the prosecuting work in this one but mate you, you talked about the moment when he vanished, people chased after him. What happened after that and, and what ultimately was the conclusion of the trial? Well, I think that it kind of at that point turned into a joke where the the more rowdy, uh, I don't want to say horde-like players, but the more the trolls were more on the side of the ninja where they were saying, free the ninja, he did nothing wrong. And at one point, I even believe... Uh, he uh, started his own guild and it kind of turned into like half the server against Lion Soul and half the server was against the ninja and some people were joking about it. Some people were serious about it. A lot of people ignored him. 
And in the end, in the conclusion, I don't know if Lion Soul told you, but uh, he had made peace with uh, the ninja. And they departed from the biggest guild on our server to start their own guild together. And now they are guild masters side by side mm. in their no, new that, guild. That, no, that that's not exactly what happened. But uh, so, no. yeah, I want to say, like, the reason I don't want to mention his name is because he, he's already blacklisted completely from the server. There is no way he can play his character anymore. Um, so I don't want to add more insult to injury. Um, because you know, I forgive him. I, it, it's okay. Like he, I, we talked to him for a while. He apologized deeply and I, he like rode the meme wave a little bit after, right? Thinking it was funny, but the kid is like 14, 16 years old. I don't know exactly how old he is. Hmm. He's never played the game before. Um, you know, this game is kind of like almost like a culture shock to these new generations, right? Because you actually have a community in there and the community polices itself mm. and there's friendship and there's other things like mm. like this blacklisting so you really have to make a good name for yourself yeah. if you want to play the game properly and that's something he just didn't understand because before he's playing uh bfa or whatever other games he's playing that his generation plays a lot they have nothing like that like mm. if you did that in bfa nobody would care mm. You don't know the impact. Well, that's what so I was going to say. I, is it's you talk about the community? Yeah. It's also like it's a community that gives a shit. Like this stuff fucking matters to a lot of people. So that's why they're so invested, and why we yep. have the reactions that we do as well. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, I, I don't know exactly what he's doing. I know he's not playing his character anymore. I think he either re-rolled to a different server on a new character. Or he's, he's either not playing. I'm not sure. So. That's why I don't want to say his name. It's it's over. You yeah, know? fair it's enough. Okay. Everybody on the server knows. Fair enough. And we should say he he was yeah. you know for the most part willing to actually get in on this call and join us for this conversation, but he he, he just sort just sort of at the last minute said, oh you know maybe I won't. Maybe yeah. got a little bit um uh, a little bit shy, but that that's okay. That's perfectly fine. But um it's interesting to know that now. Sorry, I, I can't remember if you mentioned. I'm just reaching back to what was said a few minutes ago. At, at the very end, um. Did he actually like the item itself? Wasn't there something that happened with the item? They disenchanted uh, it in front of everybody. Yeah. They, uh, Atachi, I believe, asked him if he's guilty, and then he said, well, um, you know, well, dot, dot, and then uh, moved forward and disenchanted the item, vanished, and sprinted out. And everybody was like, what, you know, what just happened? And so, uh, you know, over 150 people, uh, you know, got up from sitting. And they got out of the chairs, got off the benches, and all started pouring out of the courtroom. And it was pretty funny. Um, and apparently he just hid right next to the courtroom in stealth, but nobody could see him. And, uh, you know, everybody was on a, a you know, a manhunt, hmm. you know, looking for this guy. It was, it was you know, it was pretty funny. I uh, had a laugh from it. It's and I actually, I wasn't even going to go. Um, I, I, you know, I, I said I was the last one to arrive, so I was glad I made it. It's absolutely fascinating, guys, like in hearing this story, obviously, as I say, something that seemed so farcical to me when when I did that bit on the show months ago and and you guys, you know, um, actually make something like that happen, I really think is an incredible shout out to the classic community and the kind of, you know, fun that we can have with this game. And as you say, it is kind of something that separates the classic fans from others, I do believe, in a certain way. Um out of interest, guys, you know, 
with the involvement that you had in all this and, and on this server that you're on and now knowing the kind of involvement that people on that server are willing to go through, could you see anything like this happening in the future, not in terms of necessarily a ninja trial, but these kind of like grandiose RP events? Yes. Absolutely. 100%. I'm more ninja looting too. <laughs> yeah. I've actually... It is- it's it's weird. People have ninja looted in the past in original classic and on private servers, but I don't know. I... I, I do you guys feel like this? Like there's like just a little bit more of it now? Like, I don't know. I feel like people aren't used to the way the game is, so they think it's okay or something. I was eight I... when I played Classic last, so I don't have, you know, the best <laughs> oh, <okay>. memory. <laughs> but I know from private servers, uh, I don't know, the community was kind of split anyway, but uh, I definitely believe uh, there's uh, plenty of events to come for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I can't say I've seen any more sort of classic ninjuring yet, but I haven't played the game as much as other people yet. I've I've been really, really busy over the last couple of weeks and haven't you know seen very much or progressed very far. But the one thing I have seen people talking about, and I really won't open this can of worms up too much, but just for a little commentary on, on what I've seen, you know, obviously attitudes change towards the game as well and the way in which people play the game evolve and there's i have noticed a big old you know private server players versus old school players arguments coming up in terms of the need versus greed rule and you know rolling on boe blues and purples and i've seen huge like pages long arguments amongst forum posters about you know you some people say need on everything if it's blue or purple, if it's BOE. That's that's the thing. Just, you know, you, it's ninja insurance, blah, blah, blah. That's just how you do it now. And then the other side of the coin is, and they get really, really passionate going like, fuck you. We have need versus greed. That is the definition of need versus greed. If you want the money, you hit the greed button. If you need it, you need it. That's how it was back in the day. Why are we changing the rules now? That's something I've noticed has been a really big heated point and and it kind of has split the community not necessarily 50 50 i think it's probably a bit more i don't know i'm basing this off of nothing like you know 60 40 or something like that in terms of like people do seem to be saying like you're a piece of shit if you need on a boe i am not of that particular mindset but i see the argument for both sides have you guys noticed that at all i actually was in i was in a debate about that and somebody flamed me on world chat because I was like one of those people that used to do the need insurance, but I guess now I greed. Mm. But I always assumed like if none of us can use an item and I can visibly see that none of us can use an item, we all technically need it for gold. Mm. So it would make sense that we all need the item so that mm. we all have the best chance and we avoid any mishaps. Mm. Like that just makes sense to me. Like you greed trash, you need what you need. And if it's something valuable, everybody needs it. So, um, well, the, yeah, the arguments, the arguments have been coming up, the arguments have been coming up that like, oh, if you hit that need button on a BOE, you are a ninja. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm, I'm big. I'm, I'm like you. I'm all about the insurance. I'm about protecting my ass. That's the only reason I'm hitting that need button. Now I'm more than happy to do the following as well. It's like, I'm happy to wait until everyone else is greeted. And then, yeah, I'll happily hit greed. But if someone has not fucking got their greed, in yet i am feeling dodgy i want that insurance yeah i don't even know what side of the coin i'm on 
you know they right. both seem like on one hand yeah maybe i think it depends who you're with too like if you're with some friends or guildies and and they say hey i'm gonna use that i think that's totally cool maybe if every single person's kind of a random person and it's a boe and it's worth money i say need on it and everybody need on it and whoever wins it sells it yeah. you never know the, the only other thing obviously to raise as well is the big point that comes up and, and i was a victim of this man i mean i'm sure we all were i was a victim of this many times back in the day the old yeah yeah i totally need that that's an upgrade for me two seconds later it's on the auction house and that yeah. nothing made me fume more than that <laughs> i was livid and so i've I really do understand the argument and I am, I'm sorry if this breaks any hearts out there, you know, I'm not the captain of, you know, virtuous play or anything like that. I really do co-sign on the, the just roll need it's insurance kind of argument, but I mean, that's just me. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Agreed. All right. I just, I think it uh, has something to do with uh, a launch of a server. Like mm. people, um, true. Initially, uh, you know, everything, there, uh, certain things don't have value until people start making money. So these people uh, want to need these items just for, uh, you know, progressing the character, hmm. uh, having something nice to level with, you know, a blue weapon that might have been BOE and worth 100 gold uh, two months down the line when people can pay 100 gold. But for now, they can use it on the character. And so I think a lot has to do with just the launch of the server. Um, and that's what is, you know, making people um, more uh, oh, need for themselves and actually use it rather than everybody need and, uh, you know, ensure themselves that uh, no one's going to ninja it. Ninja it. Hmm. Um, because if this person needs it um, they'll uh, and they don't actually use it, they're just going to have to wait, you know, two months anyway to make something off of it because hmm. uh, the economy is pretty weak. Hmm. At least on some servers, some servers already have an established economy, but for the most part, things are not where they need to be on Chrome Crush, at least. So hmm. at the moment, yeah. I'm just like, are, I don't, I don't really like, care. What are servers like the, most, the most vanilla experience you can get. Like okay. we don't have streamers okay. or anything like that. It's like super fresh. It's like if we're playing in 2005 again, almost. Oh. It's really slow. Like our first MC clear was what two days ago. A guild cleared molten core. Okay. Oh, it's really cool. The, layer, the layering, the layer abusing is definitely messing up the uh, the economy mm. a little bit too. Just up until yesterday, people were, you know, using layering to respawn bosses and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that you know that's kind of getting abused as well, keeping the prices low because mm. there's such an influx of items. I'm recording a call on that very issue very soon. So if any of you guys are interested in getting involved in that, let me know because that's something that I'm going to be talking about on this week's show as well sure. in terms of um, the layering abuse. And and I've got a really – it's funny, you know, having you guys on this call, obviously talking about, you know, the fun little legal side of things that you've applied in-game. I've actually got a little bit of a uh, – not so much fun, but a, a take that I can guarantee people won't hear anywhere else on, on what I think about um, the kind of uh, – you know, penalties that can come from um, the abuse of layering and whatnot, because I've read the EULA and I can tell you that I've got a pretty hot take on it all, but that, that's for another call. But um, guys, look, thanks so much for being here and, and doing this. It, it's been a lot of fun. I, I really, like I said, I really got a kick out of knowing that this story was out there and thanks for retelling it for us all. So uh, guys, I'll, I'll just go down the line and say thank you one by one. Lion Soul, mate, thank you so much for putting this all together. 
No, no problem. No problem. Happy to be here. It's Archie, mate. Thanks for being here. And no problem, man. Uh, thanks for having me. And shout out to Never Lucky, my guild. Best guys around. Fantastic. And I should say, any any shout outs or anything to plug, let me know. Lion Soul, did you have anything to say? Uh, we we started a guild and then merged um, on Chrome Crush right now. Our guild is called Nice Young Men. Uh, we're a bunch of nice young men, and we have uh, actually plenty of women in there too. So uh, we're recruiting for Molten Core and all that stuff. Very good. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And, and I do. Uh, yep. I have a YouTube video as well, PVP okay. video. If you just type Lion Soul Warrior PVP, it's a pretty good video. Check it out. <laughs> Very good. And celebrity, how about you, mate? Thanks so much for coming on. Anything to uh, to mention to everyone? Uh, well, first, thank you for having me, and uh, um. I don't really have anything to say other than uh, join the guild, nice young men. It's it's <laughs> going to be the best guild on the server, without a doubt. Very good. All right, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. Uh, thank you. Later. All right, it's time for a, another call, and we've got someone who... I think it's been quite a while. You've been on the show before, mate, and I think it's been quite a while. Is that right? Gigantor, say hello. How are you, mate? Hey, it's good to see you, Josh. Yeah, it's been quite a while. I think the last episode was uh, 101, 103, something like that. So, you know what they say, mate? Too long. That's how long it's been. Too long. It has been. It has been. Mate, it's it's absolutely great to hear from you. And um, I reached out to the community recently and sort of said like, hey, guys, you know, I know everyone's jumping jumping on the, uh, the layering train and hammering it and everything, but um, I was more looking for like, you know, also just interesting little stories that people have with layering that aren't necessarily abuse or, you know, the gathering of items or anything, but just odd interactions or little observations that you've made about the way in which it might work. And you came to me with a story that I thought was, you know, a fun one to get out there about, you know, how it might work in terms of mobs. And, you know, when people hear that and they say, well, Josh, we know how it works in terms of mobs. You jump the layer, you've got new mobs in front of you, but, you know, there might be a little bit more to it than that. So, mate, I'll get you to tell your story and and we'll go from, um, we'll have a bit of a chat about what you've noticed with the respawning of mobs and layer hopping. Yeah, well, when I first heard about layer hopping and I wanted to give it a try myself to see what it was all about. So I first went out to a a rare spawn in uh, Westfall. It was, I think, a condor and killed him switched the layer and he was immediately back so i was all right i wonder how far this goes so i went down the line through my questing zones i'd see a rarely i'd try kill him switch a layer he'd be back again i was like this is really abusive wow so i eventually got to booty bay where there was a uh a quest for smots compass you have to kill this um elite mob out on an island that usually takes a bunch of people and I was running my guildies through it, trying to get them their pre-bis uh, compass. Mm, so yeah. 1% dodge. Yep. It's kind of, it's pretty good for the starter dungeons like Black Rock Depths and Sunken Temple. And I noticed that the layer hopping doesn't work for these guys. Um, I'm thinking Blizzard possibly uh, put a restriction based on how impactful it would be to the game, uh, the game's rate of uh, experience. Hmm. Now, you mentioned that I think you looked into it a little bit. You you dove into the forums from yesteryear. Is that right? To try and get a bit more information on how it worked back in the day? Yeah, exactly. So I went back into the forums and also like uh, 
databases and wowhead uh, comments from people back in 2005 and 2006. I think the, the boss's name, I can't quite remember, but he's a, a level 50 elite giant on the island out from Booty Bay. And he supposedly used to have a nine hour respawn time, but later on they made it a two hour respawn. Time. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to try the same exact thing with him. And when I layer hopped, he would not re uh, respawn on a different layer. I tried it multiple times. So I'm assuming Blizzard has something in place with certain mobs uh, prioritized over others where it just can't be allowed. Right. And I mean, obviously, as you say, what the, the effect of that would be if it were to simply you jump layers and voila, there he is again, um, that would go towards the farming of previous items, right? Yeah, it would probably be very impactful against certain elites and rares. For instance, there's a, uh, what is it? It's a trinket that has a click on use, stun an enemy for three or four seconds, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll be my guild are farming for that. They're trying their hardest. It's almost a day and a half respawn time for the enemy that drops it. A day and, and a half? I'm, yeah, a day and a half. <laughs> it's crazy. That is absolutely. Well, Mate, I understand where you're coming from in terms of obviously wanting to check this stuff out, but you also mentioned that, you know, as you say, the rules don't necessarily seem to be universal. And when it comes to rare spawns, you picked up on another thing. And what was that? Well, the rare spawns, it would seem they don't prioritize that as a threat as much as it is uh, specific. Mm -hmm. um, so if it was like the world boss, those guys, it's going to be one boss per server because in phase two, all the layering's gone for the most part, uh, other than I think the starter zones. Hmm. So there won't be any of that. Or if you switch a layer, there's a new world boss. So I think that goes hand in hand with the uh, these uh, gold dragon elite. Hmm. I think that's the, the difference between uh, silver dragon and gold dragon. And mate, in terms of like... <laughs> With the rares, like you say, the, the the silver and the gold and whatnot, when you see those nameplates, has it been the case? Because, I mean, I again, I haven't tried it myself personally. Um, if there was a, you know, let's say a relatively rudimentary rare mob that isn't anything particularly special, like a mid-20s, mid-30s mob or whatever, is it the case that, like, we're layer hopping and boom, there they are yet again applying by the, exactly. the other mob rules? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, got it. Fantastic. There is the exception, though, I noticed with uh, hunter pets. Because oh, uh, yeah? I'm a hunter and I want to try to get some of the rare ones. And you layer hop, they're not there. Oh. They may be per server. What, like a broken tooth or something? Yeah, like a broken tooth. Or uh, the one in Duskwood. I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head. The one that does uh, huh. shadow damage. Now, is bro broken tooth not a rare, is it? It's just a named mob. Am I getting that right? Yeah, he's rare and he doesn't drop anything. Oh, okay. All right. So, so it is a rare mob. He is rare, but he doesn't drop anything notable. Right, 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 right. Okay. Fair enough. There we go. Um, all right. Well, that's pretty interesting. I mean, as I say, it seems to be something where they've maybe, you know, that Booty Bay thing is really interesting. They're picking and choosing maybe where the rules apply. Um but I mean, as I say, we, 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 we'll say again, this is all a bit of speculation, all a bit of fun. This is just based off of observations. We don't have any hard data behind any of this. So it's all good. We're just having a bit of a fun chat. Mates, um, just before I let you go, I'd love to pick your brain on, you know, in the lead call for this episode, um, 
we obviously touched on some pretty heavy topics with layering and there's a bunch of stuff that the community has obviously been talking about because it's all in the you know the news if you will about wow classic over the last week this layering layering abuse dungeon layering oh my god the sky is falling and and you know it, it's definitely like you know something to be paying attention to whether you feel you know for or against it it's it's topical um just before i let you go what have your feelings been on it all in terms of like the bands do you think the bands are justified do you think they're not justified do you do you not really care like where do you lie on it all i think layering was good for phase one it was a, i think it was a good idea however like just like they did phase two it's going to be gone that is it's going to be chaos but it's going to be lovely so i can't wait for it and uh the only other thing i'd really like to mention was uh that wow had recently released that uh population data for servers i don't really agree with that oh really in terms of what the problem with releasing servers populations is it makes people want to go to those servers for an easy time, especially for the PvP one. Hmm. So the underdog will always remain the underdog, knowing that, uh, say, it's like 80% Horde, 20% Alliance. Yeah. Alliance aren't going to go to that server. Right. That It's going to stay yeah. that way. It won't fix the issue. basically see the amount of people on that server. Yeah. And that's kind of harmful. Right, yeah. No, I know. I definitely know what you're saying in terms of just the, the act of public... Uh, making you know making it public yeah it should have stayed a mystery i have, I have to say they could have done a percentage wise like say there's this amount of people on this server t towards cap but saying the percentage of per faction i think that's just harmful to the community no fair enough a, a very fair point to to raise mate and um there's always going to be a a <laughs> a pro and a con to doing something like that. I think that um, it's always interesting to know the figures and people, the, the, the curiosity behind, you know, the players will always strive to have that kind of data published. Um, oh, of course. But of course. there's always definitely a, an effect, a cause and effect. And, and I think you're very right to raise that in terms of like, there are now servers that will be somewhat red flagged by certain factions going like, fuck that. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, what, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> With the, uh, the server transfers that they said they're supposedly going to add on at some point, the Alliance are further just going to leave those servers where they're outnumbered. They don't want to be there anymore. Hmm. No, I, I agree. I agree. We shall see what the future brings with the server transfers for sure. Um, you know, I presume paid server transfers are coming as well. I think they've mentioned something like that. We've got the free ones that have been happening recently. But, you know, I can tell you that, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm still getting two-hour queues at, you know, any night of the week here in Australia when I log on Aragal. Now people would say, well, there's your problem. Get off Aragal. You're on the <laughs> highest population Oceanic server with 25,000 people. And I know there's NA servers that are obviously just as populated and people say, oh, well, we are as well. We're yeah. on white main. It's like during like off peak hours, you'll never have a queue. But as soon as it rolls around three to seven o'clock uh, PM, oh my God, mm. it, it goes from two to 6,000. And then on the weekends, it can go up to 8,000, like just like it was a launch day. <laughs> Other than that though, it's great. <laughs> Mate, I, I can tell you that it's such an odd situation because like, 
if it weren't for the fact that I am also dabbling with a North American character, um, you know, I've got my my little warlock that I'm playing with with um, the the countdown guys and girls, and um, you know, it, it's only very much so a, a bit of an alt, but I'm you know slowly leveling. I'm only like level twelve or something at the moment. It's very early days, but if I didn't have that character. I would be logging on and basically saying, I can't play. I, I, and I have a friend, my, my dear friend, you know, um, uh, Liam from the Cinephiles, who was so keen to play World of Warcraft Classic, is not playing the game. Here we are almost a month after launch because he can't fucking get in and he's about to walk, wow. he's about to walk away going, fuck it. You had me. You lost me. I can't play the game. I'm not interested anymore. Um, and now, granted... Obviously, people can say, well, he should just play on another server. But that's kind of the problem because people want to play with their friends. And if you and your friends happen to have picked a server that has blown up in population, it's kind of just like a tough shit situation. I have coworkers that want to play with me uh, like right now. And they whenever I'm on, it's probably during peak times when they get off of work, they want to join in. I'm like, sorry, man, you got a four-hour queue. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. That's what it used yeah, to yeah, be yeah. at launch. But now it's like still like an hour and a half queue. Yeah. And they're like, I got to go to bed for work tomorrow. Mm. And that's the thing. I, I'm not I'm not doing the remote desktop and all that shit because I don't know when I'm going to be able to play. So you just you, you find a moment, you sit down and go, sweet, it's time for WoW. Oh, I'm 3,000 back in the queue. And, and like I said, I, I'm – you know, famously on the show in the past, I've said I am pro cues. I am pro cues, but and as I've said as well in the recent past, the bitter pill to swallow has been: here we are a month later, we've got still got layering in the game, and yeah. we've got cues. So I had to eat both shit sandwiches, which is really what the kick in the nuts <laughs> is. It can go a little too far. I have to say, I I like the cues. I like what they did, but. I honestly felt that they should have uh, put a an actual cap on these servers. Once it full, it locks the server, mm. and then it kind of forces guilds to go to a different server. Mm. I mean, it's there's just way too much. And I also feel that they're asking a lot of the player base to be like they're waiting on people to get fed up with their server and eventually yeah. do that paid character transfer. Because, um, like I said, there's twenty five thousand of us on Aragal, and we're not the only server like that. And so they're just hoping that, like, look, here's what's going to happen. We'll lose, you know, 40% to attrition. They'll quit the game. They were just tourists. And then we can go ahead and lose another 20 to 30% to people who just crack the shits with the server and leave. But that's not going to happen. I don't know. People get invested in the server. They've already made friends on the server. They've found their guildies. They're playing with their mates. They don't want to, you know, just roll a new character. Number one, they don't want to server transfer the character they've got. Number two, they don't want to roll a new character on another server because they're already so far in, in, you know, this character. I don't know. I mean, obviously, there will be instances of people doing that, but I just don't think it's going to be the majority of people. So, you know, layer, as you say, the mayhem, let's say hypothetically, we've got this server of 25,000 people. Layering's all ready to go away in, I don't know, let's say three months, but we've still got, I don't know, 17,000 of those 25,000 people. Like, what is going to happen? I don't know. Nuts. And it'll be nuts. There was a raid the other day in Ironforge on White Main from uh, the Horde attacking Ironforge. Mm. Holy shit. This one guild, SM Orc or whatever the hell it is, they had three to four hundred people in one guild raiding Ironforge. Mm. 
Oh, sorry, mate. My dog's going nuts. Ah, give me, fine. give me one second. <laughs> dog, dog. Hey, Welcome to Gigantor's podcast. Nice to see you all. Sorry, mate. Okay, where were we? Sorry about that. Um, Massive raid on Iron Forge from this one horde guild with three to four hundred members. And that was just one guild, and it was lagging up the entirety of Iron Forge. Now, just imagine that, 25,000 people. It's, it's going to be completely game-breaking. Hmm. Well, time will tell. It's, it's, we're navigating very uh, uncharted waters, I think, going forward. Exactly. So time will tell. But, mate, look, thanks so much for coming on for just a, a quick call about a few different things. It's always nice chatting with you, mate. You know, you're so relaxed. You're so chilled out. It's nice just to, you know, lean back and shoot the shit, get a bit of speculation going. But uh, we'll talk to you again soon on the show, mate. On the show, mate. All right. It was lovely. Thank you very much. And Doug says goodbye as well. Goodbye, Doug. (laughs) And that's the show for today, everyone. I'm going to try and get this new house in order so I get rid of this sound that you're hearing now and also actually play a bit of the game. That would be great to finally actually get to play World of Warcraft Classic that I haven't been able to do over the last two weeks. So I look forward to more Countdown to Classic next week or bringing it to you, I should say. I hope to hear from you. I spoke to speak to you then, I should say. God, I can't speak today. But before you go, let's do the thank yous to the following patrons. Absolute Aggressor, Andy P, Anti, Bear of Pain, Binger, Brandon K, Bubba, Chunky Dunk, CJ, Damien A, David F, David J, Duffocus, Gecko Mayhem, Halsey Spartan, Henrik B, Hurlbert, James S, Jamie S, John HC, Josh W, Kser37, Minoru, Moonbachu, MVP Doug, Paul E, Raymo G, Randall H, Rasmus S, Rarebit, Rick S, RJ Leffer, Ryan K, Sylvia K, Stov, Tim B, Tim S, Tom S, Twigs and Zudamos. And of course, the very dedicated, legendary patrons of Countdown to Classic. An extra special shout out and thank you from the bottom of my heart to those who dig very deep for the show every month in 8 Count, Batlord, Billy C, Carsten, Eric C, Eric S, Firespit and Kitten, Flozy B, Freaky Fritz, Galgami, Ida B, John N, Carl W, Nick B, Halfurus, Pat's Knight, Sira S, St- uh, Stephen B, Sterling, The Anton, and Velarco. Thank you so much for your phenomenal support of the show. Countdown to Classic would not be on the air without your support. So until next week, that's it for today. Have a great time in game, everyone. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.